I just Googled, I am a giant and I want to blow myself. <laughs> I don't, uh, the, the, the results were very strange. Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of CinemaSins. I'm Aaron Dicer and I'm joined as always by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And to Nate Hughes. I'm currently playing a video game. <laughs> <laughs> we write for Cinema Sins and TV Sins and do various other things inside the Cinema Sins universe as well. We literally just we literally just stopped a conversation about paying attention to each other. Like that was literally how we, we got into this. And you're like, I was curious what you were doing. I could see you're like you're focusing downward. And- <laughs> Do you want yeah, us to so, wait, Danae? No, no, no. Aaron, you're giving like, you know, this dad speech about how we need to just be aware of time and wrap things up. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just go ahead and play this video game while he gives a speech. And then, and then you start the show. And I was like, well, shit. <laughs> well, shit. Okay, well. This is what, this is what my daughter's going to be like. <laughs> yes. Yes. 20 years. This is, this is, I never had a daughter, but sometimes it feels that way. Sometimes it definitely feels like I do have a daughter. Because you're right Danae? that's right that's, yeah, that's right well years. actually no i'll never tell <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey man. aaron will you bleep will you bleep that uh, mention of oh, my age sure keep I'm that sorry. going <laughs> yep yeah we'll keep that joke going that's fine that even genuinely though the number, made me laugh even though the so number hard. he gave was was you know very low we'll go ahead and bleep that <laughs> yeah yeah but i get it Just you, give... want the, you want the mystery that's funnier though it'll be like aren't you beep <laughs> I like, know. it's way funnier <laughs> Uh, speaking of ages, I guess this isn't technically an age, but it reminded me of the SNL uh, thing. We're, this is our fiftieth episode. We're fifty. Whoa. Oh yeah, is, We're it, is that 50. like a that's like a kind of a fake anniversary, right? Yeah, is that yeah, a real one. Yeah, we can kick and stretch and jump, and we're fifty. Well, that uh, means that I've a year ago I would have already been turning in some scripts because last mm-hmm. week i was like oh my anniversary's got to be coming up but that means it's probably already passed because when i first started on the team as a you know secret script turner inner um <laughs> where the only person knowing that i was turning in a script was jeremy and aaron uh and then it turned into what it is now he, aaron was like hey i've got this idea for a podcast you know, let's uh, like go behind the scenes. We'll call it behind the sins. And you're kind of pitching it to me. And I remember being like, yeah, but I'm not even like a member of your guys as a group yet. And you're like, <laughs> nah, it's fine. <laughs> I think first... it was pretty obvious you were fitting in really well, even by this point. So, yeah. Okay, yeah but fitting what, in and having and being able to write are two different things. Yeah. Yeah. You know? We haven't missed a week though, right? So, I mean, we've had a couple episodes that didn't turn out great, but like, cause you know, audio wise, but I don't think we've missed a week. So 52 would be the year, right? I think technically, uh, 51 is going to be the year I could look in because when we did oh, these chips yeah. are good, I don't count think, that week. Yeah. I don't think we counted that these chips are good as an episode, uh, that week. So I- I'll go back and look at it, but our year anniversary is coming up very quickly. We'll probably do something special for that. So that'll be fun. Ooh, like cake. <laughs> yes. Cake. Yes. After our uh, after our long thing on uh, spreadsheets that might or might not be in the the outtakes, uh, it better uh, be in the outtakes. Somebody, I, I want to talk about it. Somebody uh, emailed me a spreadsheet of their ideas for uh, Cinema Sins Awards. So maybe we'll do like a annual Cinema Sins Awards in June every year on Behind the Sins, and uh, you know, do that like kind of thing. Awards for what? So like the like have our members vote best on like best forever. sin and best video and you know that kind of stuff. Favorite you know running joke. I don't know. And I thought wow. it was a fun idea. We'll, we'll think no, about no, it. 
It's super a fun idea. I think like it would be difficult because I would want to be thinking of those things throughout the year so I could mm-hmm. write them down because now that it's been a year, I won't remember any of it. Yeah. Although right now I will say buttons is fresh on my mind, so that would be an easy one. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what the the special episode will look like at this point and yeah, maybe it's something we can do annually, but just, you know, hey, we'll I have, have an some idea, fun. Aaron. Here's an idea. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. You go through every episode. So, <laughs> like you and and pull out your favorite moments and then we can listen back. At the very least, yeah, I think there will be a favorite moments of our first year together kind of thing. But I think we'll let the fans do that. We'll we'll hit up oh, Discord yeah. and just ask them for their favorite moments and that kind of stuff. It'll be these chips are good. I don't know. If <laughs> here's here's what we don't want it to be. We don't want it to be everything in the outtakes. A specific moment. Yes. Something yes. specific. Yes, exactly. From from the show. Yeah. So in the outtakes count, I mean if there's a specific outtake. You you'll oh, just oh. need to you'll just need to timestamp us to it. If you can timestamp us. You can yeah. email that to us. You can hit us up on Discord, Twitter, whatever, uh, and we'll we'll try to put those together for you here for a for a year anniversary. Speaking, I like when we have these uh, you'll see these people that are like I fi- like somebody recently tweeted, I finally got around to you know, I'm a Sincast listener, finally got around to listening to BTS and I've I've binged all the episodes. I was just thinking like that's a like that's a lot of listening to me. Um, if you're binging, like, like you're probably hearing more of what I have to say over the last week than my wife has over the last year. If if you really did that, so that's crazy. We've had that. We've had uh, that discussion. My wife and I. <laughs> it's like, do you know how many people hear your voice more than I do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the life I chose. Yeah. I don't think my wife's upset about that part. <laughs> It's like good. Go talk to them. Leave me I've alone. Had enough. I'm watching. I'm watching. Uh, Can't you I'm go watching, podcast? Yeah, I'm watching Gossip Girl for the fifth time through. Uh, fun times. Fun times. Uh, I I have to say, uh, and we'll probably celebrate it even more when we do the actual episode. But man, what a fun first year it's been. As crazy as the world has been, this has been uh, a nice little light uh for for us to have this time together so it's been fun and it's stuff. been 2020 the entire time <laughs> for the entire year yeah it does feel <laughs> that way uh <laughs> let's move into the sin side scoop what's he building in We're going to take a look at the videos from the week, the process of sending them, how we felt about the uh, the stuff we send in general. Uh, we're still in our Rick and Morty run of contemporaneous sending, uh, continuing to uh, to send the Rick and Morty episodes as they come out. This one was Childrick of Mort, which is a play on children of men. And this is the one where uh, Rick had sex with a planet and <laughs> and made planet babies. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> What did you think about this episode, Jonathan? Uh, I did actually, because I was this was the one script I wasn't on in any capacity, but I did watch the episode episode and um i thought it was fine i i is i don't i wasn't really looking to see what people were saying about it. i don't know if people are really loving this like rick and morty fans or not I, it, it definitely had some funny moments but i thought it was just kind of a it was a decent episode yeah i i really enjoyed this episode um but again i think of us i'm the one who probably takes longer to get tired of things than other people and that's probably part of my disease of optimism or whatever i have where it's like this movie or this show is still the best and like Mm -hmm. other people get tired of stuff before i do and i'm just feeling that way this season i'm like i love this stuff uh i just think they're so clever and the writing is so fun and uh i'm i'm really enjoying it 
I'm having actually, it's funny because uh, we just did the fin- the season finale and I'm having trouble like differentiating the two because there's a, uh, because his daughter factors into both of them. And <laughs> <laughs> well, they're both, so, they're both full family episodes and that's, yes, that's kind of yeah, one of the things I sure. loved about this yeah. episode was as soon as they're in the car together at the beginning, I'm like, this is what I miss. Like this is, mm-hmm. you know, I love the, the first season because it was really getting to know the family's relationship and all those things together. And the Rick and Morty part is the central relationship of the show, but there's something about that whole family family uh that i like it when they're more family-based episodes no i like the the beginning was even though you guys rightfully pointed out um and this was danae and chris right yeah Did i should have mentioned that, that. this is an atkinson uh yeah. hughes script oh finally awesome <laughs> job. Uh, but i don't know but i loved the the thing in the car where you guys talked about like why would rick be on this trip you know like when he turned himself into a pickle uh mm-hmm. to get out of having to deal with his family <laughs> Yeah. yeah the, the, interesting, the interesting thing is that we had all the assignments for who was going to write on what, but obviously because we're doing this contemporaneous sending, we don't know what the episode is going to be. So we really can't be strategic about who is on what script. Mm-hmm. It's more like a just a grab bag. Like, we'll see what's going to happen. So it was really, I was relieved in a way to be assigned this one uh, because it was more like that family style Rick and Morty that I really enjoyed rather than a storyline kind of just Rick and Morty going off by themselves. So I was actually super relieved to watch this one and go, okay, I feel like I can, I feel like this one's, more comfortable for me yeah and so, you, i know, and it's I know a, what we mean but it is funny to say family episode when it's about uh, an asshole impregnating oh a planet and trying to then leave although he does end up staying but it's such a dysfunctional uh, yeah. family um yeah. and it, you know in this ep- <laughs> yeah just a little bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah and in this episode you really kind of see even uh summer turning into beth in a way and I don't, I, I'm sure that's very intentional, the idea that Beth is who she is because her father is who he is, and then the children are obviously you know, a part mm-hmm. of that. So you're kind of seeing these elements of their personality really start to come out mm-hmm. in, in this way. I, I kind of wish they would even lean more into that sometimes, but I feel like then it wouldn't be Rick and Morty uh, ridiculous adventuring like you, it you make like a good is. point though i think one strong suit about this season is that they've made summer a more interesting character and they've even like there's been a couple of times where morty's been like man you're turning into rick. so not only is she turning into beth she's kind of turning into rick yeah um, she really and, she really is yeah so that's been kind of that's been kind of fun to watch just um that and then and then like as you guys talked about in this episode though like jerry has just become like the, you know, he's just the one people step on, I guess. <laughs> you know, <laughs> even more so than in the past. It makes you uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable sometimes when I'll watch these types of relationships that are, you know, for our entertainment, where there's a character that's so shit on. There's a moment when Summer is just absolutely being a totally horrible person to her father as our camping. Mm-hmm. And I kind of paused it for a second because I was uncomfortable feeling sort of, you know, feeling bad for Jerry. Uh, and I thought, you know, this is kind of an example of what toxic relationships can look like. And I think that's probably the point here, even though they're having fun and they're making a comedy and it's just silliness and sci-fi crazy. There's there's still an example of what a toxic relationship is. And there really wasn't a moment of closure in that this isn't the kind of show that buttons that up and has a conversation at the end where summer's 
thinking mm-hmm. that she was in the wrong. It's and it's it's a clear example of what happens when you don't talk about how the toxicity can continue a cycle of abuse. And so I don't know, it was an interesting kind of, uh, oh, this is weird. This is striking a strange element in me while I'm watching this quote unquote entertaining show. Um, because at the end, they're in the car and um, Rick is blame shifting over to the kids about what they did rather than yeah. keeping something for himself, which is another example of a toxic relationships. So I think this show really is a outlet for a lot of a lot of conversation in that toxicity realm and trying to bring lightness to it. So Thanks, today. I'm no longer having... <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, I feel like the, this is one of those instances of if you admire this character, you're missing the point. The, Rick and Morty is one of those things where like, if you mm-hmm. watch Rick and Morty and you're like, oh, Rick's the best, you're missing the point. <laughs> like That is not the point of the show. Uh, and and yeah, you can see it throughout. I was curious... Wow, fascinating. We're going to talk about Archer after this. Because <laughs> right. Exactly- <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I was curious to because this is... You haven't been watching all of the other episodes, right? Like, this isn't a show you're keeping up on. So this was the first episode you watched from front to back this season. Did did you enjoy the episode? Like or She did... played a video game while she was watching it. So. <laughs> yeah. It's possible. While I sin, I actually have one eye in, like, a virtual reality game. <laughs> well, hey, like, Jeremy can watch another movie while he's sinning. It's so weird. Anything, I don't know how he Anything's does that. possible. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, your question was whether I enjoyed the episode itself. Yeah, like when you watched it, were you like, oh, yeah, I do kind of like this show? Because it's kind of your first chance to, you know, this at least this season to watch a full episode. Yeah, yeah. Like I was saying, I think I, I think I had a good I had a good time getting back into the Rick and Morty realm of it. And then also layered over the top of the ridiculous in your face comic element was this toxic family development going on um but yeah i had a fun time sending it because i was able to sin it i i was able to find a few angles and even chris and i had a couple of overlaps like for example like the s'mores thing we both had some stuff about s'mores and i felt pretty confident um there was a couple things i tried to sin in this one that i really couldn't get my footing on that maybe was too much of a reach and it's interesting again we're in this really interesting time in our uh our life there's uh protests that are happening there's uh brutality that's happening there's harsh conversations that are happening there's politics and it's just like there's so much going on and i at one point in time there was a comment about homelessness and unemployment and um and i was thinking like uh, more about like covid and how that seemed like it was insensitive to sort of joke about uh homelessness and unemployment because there's people that are literally dying in the streets even Mm -hmm. before covid and i just felt like you know this is weird yes i'm a sensitive person these topics i'm sensitive to jokes about slavery we'll get to that in archer uh things like that are sensitive to me and I, i i don't think that it's funny and i think a lot of people do think this stuff is sort of funny and that's like the point for me i kind of get stuck on that a little bit Mm -hmm. so i was trying to kind of find an angle too about like like hey you had a chance in in episode one to add a covid joke so we know you can go in and and self-edit a little bit and maybe that one's that one was a little bit too ill-timed 
Um, but then when this episode releases, we have this whole different world. Like no one's talking about COVID and homelessness and unemployment anymore right now. Like there's a bigger conversation that needs to happen. So things are just changing so fast right now. So I'm kind of glad that one was not in the final script because I think it would have even felt like shining a light on something that doesn't need to have a light on it right now. I mean, to Um, be honest, we feel that pressure too, right? Because we record these a week, uh, almost a week ahead of time before they release. And so by the time they come out, out so many things especially right now are changing and happening and so we're very aware of how things might sound how things are (laughs) same for you know archer with the slavery i I know i'm getting ahead of myself but since we're talking about it now um like these scripts are written so well in advance and obviously rick and morty were trying to do something totally different but our normal schedule is to have our scripts done two sometimes even three weeks in advance so if something is on the nose for the times it's kind of one of those cool little destiny fate winky nod moments so yeah i i found myself enjoying it in some ways but also just i don't know maybe rick and morty is kind of losing its luster for me a little bit that could be that could be uh let's go into the sins video which did not lose its luster for me i thought this was a great script Mm -hmm. uh one of my favorite parts about narrating now is uh is getting to really internalize these scripts and kind of read them and then kind of uh you know it, it's it's one of those things where it's one thing when I write on it and and then I'm aware of it through the whole process and it's another thing when it comes to me and I'm like oh here's this complete thing that I get to experience that's that's been a fun thing um I really like the Faraday box stuff uh I super know what a Faraday box is uh was one <laughs> of my favorites uh I love that uh, and there are critters in those planet holes. Uh, was <laughs> one of my favorite runs. Uh, enjoyed that. Um, the father could be Lisa Simpson for all they know. Uh, I loved that because just that I love it when a sin has that juxtaposition of what you're saying is not true. Lisa Simpson could not be the father. She would be the mother. But it's just it, mm-hmm. in that moment, it works. It makes sense. It just I don't know. That makes me giggle. Yeah. When when I saw that one from Chris, I cracked up. Yeah. Um, Why is the sin for (laughs) why is the sign for interns plural when everything else is singular? This might be the worst sin Rick and Morty has ever committed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there were so many sins in that factory uh, that were genuinely fun. Actually, Chris kind of brought it up when he was talking about the, the script and we didn't we didn't read his commentary. So Maybe I can do that next. Yeah, yeah. We'll read what Chris had to say. That's true. We totally skipped over that. Um, No, you're good. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. The only other thing I was going to mention, aside from um, Machina Ex Deus, which is just a a brilliant little turn, uh, I did want to mention the uh, Sophia Haji Pantelli thing. And I didn't know if you were saving that for you know any of the other segments or anything but i did want to talk about about that at some point at least we'll talk about it in keeping tabs all right we'll talk about that in keeping tabs uh yeah why don't you read what chris had to say and then we'll we'll continue to talk about the sins video Uh, a lot of what we kind of already covered he said it's a decently fun premise with rick having successfully mated with an entire planet of course leaving to your imagination how something like that is possible he said i was kind of disappointed though it turned into what it did rick turns out not to be the actual father and the real daddy is a zeus-like god who has waited until Rick, Beth, and Gaia have successfully raised an entire society. Feels like this could have turned into something fun, but Rick and Morty always seem to have a battle on their minds as the resolution to a story, and that's what this devolves into. This episode also turns up the heat on hapless Jerry, who, as noted in the Sins video, has become this show's Meg Griffin, endlessly picked on for uh, for his fecklessness. Mm -hmm. That's a new word for me. Oh, nice. Fecklessness. 
You learned. It's not frecklessness. No. It's not. It's not fickleness. It's no. fecklessness. It's not the other vowels either. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the words I knew. Leave me alone. Uh, for the Sins video, the fun of this for me was pausing on several shots of the giant factory Rick had built out for Gaia and seeing the images that the children are being forced to watch as they become functioning members of society, like tic-tac-toe. That was especially a fun one for him to rip on. Yeah, that was a fun sin, for sure. Uh, Jonathan, what about you? What did you uh, think of the video? You, got, you guys actually mentioned all the ones I had written down, but um, what was the? do you know what the s'mores outtake was from, Danae? Was yes, I you? do. That was okay. mine. What was that, what was Sand, that from? That was from The Sandlot. Oh, man, I haven't seen that movie in forever. That's yeah. a good movie. That was very, very funny. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a fun one. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Justin's a huge baseball fan, my husband, and so we watch baseball movies and um yeah. Yeah, that one that one was one that was fun for me because I was like, oh, there's that s'mores riff in Sandlot and I was able to find it. So cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was a great video, though. I thought it was very funny. Danae, did cool. you have anything else you wanted to, to add? Uh, I really liked being able to point out the whole vulva situation and birthing situation in this one. <laughs> Um, I feel like Rick and Morty does a great job of, you know, showing us they can draw a dick uh, and balls very well. In fact, there's one that was in the factory that was fruit, mm-hmm. um, to, to my point. <laughs> and then when they have a, a, a chance to show that they can animate something else, maybe of the female variety, maybe one that's being birthed that they opted not to. Uh, and then Rick shouting out over to, you know, hey, shoot those kids straight up in the air doing what she was already doing i just had these flashbacks to being like this is not helpful you're just i just i hear your heart in that sin i i I was like danae is getting getting something off of her chest (laughs) it's It's, so good too it's so true yeah it was um it was very frustrating uh, for a a moment for me there was a lot of stuff that i really enjoyed sending in this one i had a really good time a lot of it stuff you guys have already mentioned so we can go ahead and move on if you'd like uh, I it, would it would it upset you if I defended the uh, the genital drawings in Rick and Morty a little bit? Um, be- yes. Okay, then we'll I mean, move you on. You can go for it though. Like <laughs> I, I'd like to challenge you for that one. They do actually occasionally uh, draw vulva ish. But not or- in this moment. Well, and this is what it's I was going to say. It's a gonna... gigantic crater. It's a circle inside of a circle yeah. inside of a sfer- circle, and but, then a sphincter. But it's a planet, right? Well, no, no, no. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Ridiculous. In this case, they probably wouldn't have been able to get that through because the thing they're drawing is representing actual genitalia it's the it would be the planet's genitalia and so it'd be like you can't draw that in that it has to be something that's unrelated like when you see phallic things in the show it's not like they're supposed to represent actual reproductive organs but just move the sphincter up a little bit just (laughs) it doesn't have to be a bullseye just at least show that you at least know a little bit about anatomy or like or just move stuff around so that it looks hey, like, I don't know. I'm with you. I, I want to normalize uh, all the uh-huh. body parts. I'm just saying, you know, in this case, they like probably Aaron, could, couldn't have gotten away with it. I like how Aaron's like, Danae, would it offend you if I told you why you're wrong? <laughs> about everything? No, would I that actually, offend you? <laughs> I no, see I your wasn't point, though, that. about, uh, about <laughs> know, where I'm it kidding. might be over the top to make it so on the nose. Sure, yeah. I, can, I can kind of understand that. But let's but let's end here. I was very pleased that I was able to point out how to skip a stone. That's knowledge that yes. I have in my mind that I was like, oh, my God, I can do something with this random bit of knowledge. So maybe we can end there instead yes. of on on the genitalia. Works for me. Works for me. There you go. 
We will move on to Archer, uh, El Sequestro. Uh, this was a Hughes Watkins script. Uh, Jonathan and Danae wrote on this. Uh, man, it has been a while since I saw this episode, and I didn't watch the whole thing front to back. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious for you guys to tell me, like, is this a is this one of the the best episodes of Archer? How did you feel about this one? I I don't think it's one of the best. I think Danae liked it more than I think Danae. You liked it, right? Yeah, I did. I yeah. had a good time. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. It is. I mean, but just for me personally, like it would, I would not qualify it. I would not say it's one of my favorites. It's a very popular episode. That's though, what I was going to say. I, I know it's of. really popular and, and yeah. I just don't remember it that well. I mean, I, once I started watching the um, Sense video, I was like, oh, I remember this. But it's, Well, it's the episode where you learn about Cheryl. So I think that probably has a little bit to do with uh, it. Yeah, that's probably when it. You, when you find out that she's an heir to, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of wealth and they play off that a lot in the future uh, with the show. So I think that's probably the main thing yeah and, and the and, ocelot <laughs> and as mentioned in the the video pam gets a chance to shine uh in this and oh, I, I love when pam Pam's gets a chance awesome. chance to shine so yeah today tell me a little bit about uh today wanted to free her nipples though <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're gonna talk about that are we <laughs> yeah definitely uh yeah i'm i, I think i'm continue to be the one that has the least experience with archer and every time we talk about a show or an episode of Archer, rather, I kind of I'm humored by it. It makes me smile. It's ridiculous. I like the um, the way that it's animated and the cleverness of it and how it's intelligent. Um, there's some parts of it that are annoying, but that's true for any show. So, uh, so yeah, I had a good time. And I also really, I also really like Archer fans too, uh, in the comment section and things, they seem to be having a good time, which is always really, really fun to not find a fan base that's super toxic, but one that's like just having a good time. So it kind of sounds like with Rick and Morty, you're like, "Eh, I'm kind of, I'm not sure I want to catch up on all this. It's, you know, it's fine. It's funny. But with Archer, it's like, every time you watch it, you're like, I kind of want to watch this show. You know, like I yeah. kind of want to go back and watch these. Well, and I'm, I also get um, recommendations on Twitter, too. You know, like, hey, I think you'd really like it, which is funny because I guess until officially this moment, it's not like anyone knew that I was on this one. But then they know that I'm on this one. <laughs> <laughs> they know I'm on this one for two reasons. We buttons. workshopped this a lot, though. Buttons um, and button beard, for sure. And yeah, so I was, was getting tweets you. like, hey, I know this is you. So you would definitely enjoy Archer. You should watch more. So it's it's just. It's just a fun one. I think people like to recommend it because yeah. it it does a good job. So well, we will. But there's a oh, can I say something really quick? Yeah, about go for writing it. This uh, I got like Danae. Danae was the I guess we have a we have a lead writer on all these scripts for if we've never talked about that before. So Danae was the one that like put everything together. Like I sent her my shitty script and she made it better <laughs> and put it, added it with hers. But uh, no, but can she, I uh, can I talk? Can I say something about that real quick? We we're just we we're talking about medication earlier. <laughs> and that was one of the moments when I was heavily medicated. And it was the mo- it was the strangest experience because I, I get I get Jonathan's script and I kind of just like him. I I don't I was on some kind of it was like cold and flu <laughs> this is or what something. I was talk about, but, but ahead, I was like a little it. bit like I was feeling very loopy, and <laughs> I literally start writing on his script, like changing everything, and I'm like, <laughs> what have I done? It was it was awesome. Well, it was so weird. I felt really bad, and then no, I was like, no, no. I kind of like it. Let me send it to him and see what he says. But then I, and but then like, I, and I gave you some notes, and then we just we kind of went back and forth and workshop. Yeah. No, what's your uh, what's your fine? What's your learning, Danae? Is that that is part of the head writer's 
prerogative mm-hmm. is to, you know, edit, add new tags, add suggestions. You yeah, know, I've done the that. power! <laughs> <laughs> but no, but that's what I was going to say. I don't remember exactly how you phrased it, but you wrote me back like, like it was like almost like it's like I was just on cocaine and I just uh, <laughs> I just went for it. And just I mean, I don't remember how you put it, but yeah, you just said you kind of like you kind of went, stepped outside of your body and just started writing. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny. So I was like, oh, my God, what is this? And then I read it and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Because like one I'll tell you one send that she because I had a I had just I thought it was weird that that guy popped up behind Cheryl on the street and like like and he's like just staring her down. Yeah, it's weird. But they don't do anything with it. And so I made some, I just wrote something about it. And then she added the whole thing about Austin. And, you know, now I've created this character named Austin and his backstory about the M&M store. And that was all Danae, um, <laughs> which, which, and that's, that's what you should be doing. That's what made it, made it a lot better. Yeah. And then we workshopped the, uh, uh, where Cheryl is uh, fighting off the attacker. That was another one that we worked on together that ended up, I think, beneficial. Yeah. It's the collaborative um, writing process, right? Like yep. that's, it's the beauty of that respect in grace that we all have where it's like i'm not going to take it personally if you can make my stuff better make it better like that's that's the yeah, whole for sure. goal, goal you know so so yeah, yeah. It, it's funny on that one uh there's somebody in the comments uh, rich lane said um was that m&m store reference a callback to rick and morty primordius i mean sure it could be just an m&m store reference but this is jeremy folks I thought that was a really funny kind of possibility. Sorry to disappoint you. It was just <laughs> No, it's just one of those weird coincidences. But when you wrote that, I thought that was weird because Chris and I wrote the Rick and Morty script where yeah. they talk about the M&M store. <laughs> and it, it's just, you know, it, it happens. Those weird we, have, um, we have two on the both of the CinemaSins this week. We have both of them have uh, they call me Mr. Tib outtakes. <laughs> it's just going to happen sometimes. Four very different every writers. Week. This happens every week and it is genuinely strange. Yeah. Something's in the um, air. I did. I did like this episode. I did get to learn a little bit more about the characters. And my, I have to say, before we get into the sins of it, sure. I loved the whole ocelot thing with Archer mm-hmm. falling in love with the ocelot. In in hindsight, I wish I would have given a sin off for it or like turned it on its head because it's just such the sweet moment. We decided to sin it, which is super okay. Obviously, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Cinema sins, not <laughs> cinema give them back sins. So. Um, but that whole moment where he just like his heart opens up for this ocelot and then, <laughs> and he's showing such concern for its well-being and the delivery of the voice actors in this show is another thing that I really love. And I don't know, I was just super drawn into it and very, yeah. it was very fun. Because so. what is it? They have to, they're on their way to, I guess, try to figure out how they're going to rescue Pam and they've got to get Cheryl, sta- you know, stashed away. And he's like, <laughs> well, we need to stop off and buy the ocelot a toy or something. Yeah, he's like, you got to give him a tire swing or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I loved it. I've got a lot uh, to mention since I wasn't the, the one to write on it. Um, the uh, uh, not screaming uh, was one of my favorites. Uh, the uh, also illegal puppet shows uh, was was good. Yeah, I learned that from Danae. Um, also illegal puppet shows. Who'd have thought it? Uh, the sin off for Pam, you know, woot woot. I agree. Uh, she deserves her time. Uh, low liability, lobility. Uh, made me smile. Uh, I always love a good portmanteau. Um, this is the. In, I'm sure we'll talk more about the buttons because this is just a wonderful animation running joke now that is I'm sure going to pay off uh, many many times. But the 
I want to ask, was the button thing discovered because of the moment where the buttons are on different sides of the shirt? Because that blew my mind. I was like, <laughs> of all the button <laughs> mistakes you can make, like, and I just love the little addition of like, which is the dumbest thing ever or whatever it was in that part. <laughs> uh, um, that was great. When I saw them on both sides and we're at the end of the episode, then I knew that all of my notes of button inconsistency, I had to do something with it. Because yeah. I wasn't sure if I was going to write a bonus round or not at that mm-hmm. point. Because you sort of have to... But once it went to both sides, I, th- that was it for me. I knew I, I knew 100% I had to do a rant because who animates buttons on both sides of a shirt? Who That's does so that? That's so weird. It's so weird. And uh, if you're wanting to, if you haven't seen the first button rant, that's in the Family Guy pilot episode, mm-hmm. uh, if you want to search that one out. Um, but I really love that. And then I had to say, thank you for someone else taking the time to root for nipple equality. Free the nipple. Thank you, whoever that was. I appreciate you. It was, very it was nice. Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> No, but Danae wrote my favorite son was Old English Font. <laughs> I think that was Barrett's favorite, too, when he, uh, when he reviewed the script. This is It's so confusing to be a writer sometimes because I'll write stuff and I'm like, this is amazing. And then the one that's so beloved is when I write Old English Font. Like, that's yeah, just, I, uh, it cracks me up. That cracked me up. I wrote the, when I did the Babadook with Chris, I wrote a sin, the Babadook comes out of the Badunkadunk because it looked like it was like coming out of this woman's butt. And uh, I almost deleted that before I sent it. And then that was the one that everybody seemed to like. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm glad I didn't That's why. It. That's why yeah. you're, you're very uh, liberal with what you send. The, oh, yeah, the sins, that. Oh, the ridiculous and awful sins I have sent. <laughs> like, just because it's like, who knows? Who knows? Oh, especially like, because, uh, yeah, I've sent stuff where I'm just like, ooh, I can't believe I wrote that. You know, and, <laughs> yeah. and they usually don't get in either, so I'm usually right. right. I go ahead and send them. Like, but just yeah, sometimes. I'm, I'm a weirdo. Sometimes you get the Babadook badonkadonk, and it just <laughs> yeah. all works. So uh, what about you guys? What did I miss? Anything else you guys wanted to talk about in the video? Uh, I just, I, the, the fuck you family feud thing, I don't even know. That was like my mind jumping out of my, that my out of my body. I don't know what made me think to do that buzzer, but I'm glad. I was glad we kept that in. And then weirdly, I think one last week, somebody had a family feud send, which that, that was another one of those weird things where uh, in two weeks we kind of had the same type of send. But uh, that was the only other thing I had written down. What about you, Danae? Uh, I had um, just a, I love the comment section because of the button rant. But some people mm-hmm. were actually quoting the first button rant in this one. <laughs> and that made me smile so much like the clear buttons and the black buttons. And so that was that was a fun little callback. There's there's quite a, a bit, and then also of course the critical role reference, which uh, once again shout out to all the critters because um, I didn't know if I should do it or not, and I'm really glad that I did because I wanted to do something that called to the buttons and finding button references in movies is strange and we'd already done the buttons buttons who's got the button i think in family guy and i didn't want to just bring that one Mm -hmm. back and so i went ahead and went to my critical role moments which not the brave is a character in that series and has this whole thing about button beard uh so to go to the comment section today when prepping for the show and see all of the love for critical role was like it was it w- I was literally floating when I walked into the studio today because I was like, oh, my god!" <laughs> Isn't that fun? Yeah. 
just the so 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 many. Um, but one of my favorites was Mill SF Eleven says confirmed. At least one of the writers is a Critical Role fan. After several hundred hours, it's impossible not to recognize Sam Not's voice. Sam's not voice. Uh, there was a fireplace flume reference in a video a while back, and now this. Here's the exact quote, and then links like to the YouTube <laughs> yeah. reference. And so there's some serious like fans, and I don't know. It was just really cool. I think because you know when you're like a D and D nerd uh, and you're a Critical Role nerd, it's just a nice feeling to have a online community. And so anyway, that was fun. Oh, real quick, one other thing I thought was funny about this script was that Danae and I had one of those moments where we had it was kind of like you and you and Chris arguing about the science but we had one moment where we both thought the opposite about a situation it's where uh, archer says that he's not going to negotiate with a cyborg yeah and i wrote i would totally buy that archer would believe it's a cyborg but i don't remember what i wrote because we went with denae's but then denae's was the exact opposite like yeah. <laughs> i can't believe for a second he would believe that's a cyborg but that would be a much more interesting story it was so funny yeah and i had to lean on jonathan for that one because i don't watch the show and so yeah. i said which one is more like his character because we obviously want to go yeah, in no, that yours, direction yours, was, yours made the most sense because that's the weird thing about the show is archer's actually really good at his job but he's just an idiot and he's an asshole <laughs> yeah uh, much like rick yes yeah it's very similar <laughs> he's he, they they are uh prof- proficiently um self-centered <laughs> yeah. like, you know it's it's and just Arthur, like he's even like he's well read i mean yeah. like he, yeah. he he's very intelligent but he just obviously like you know he just says the worst things imaginable yep there you go uh <laughs> all right let's move on to music video sins doja cat say so uh apparently this is kind of a correct me if i'm wrong but this was like a tiktok thing that then became a thing i, I guess i actually i meant to ask my daughter if she knew who she was <laughs> i had never heard of her or this song until barrett uh, sent the script in so, so this was new to me so i kind of like the song so it's barrett share song uh i i i don't our barrett share script not a song he, <laughs> i was like he didn't, a write, song? He didn't he write did this yeah, barrett wrote this as well uh, by the way barrett's leaving music video since uh, uh no because i was getting ready to say i actually kidding. don't like the song i i oh, okay i don't ever want to hear catchy. it again um, do you mean to read do you mean to read what he said yeah what did barrett have to say he said it's been out for a few months and he had heard the song many times without knowing it was Doja Cat. Um, actually, he does like it, uh, but he's happy with the sins that references a song like Get Lucky is a much better approximation mm-hmm. of the neo disco. Uh, he also wrote several things about her behavior around the technician before finally settling <laughs> on, oh my, she's actually presenting. <laughs> she's obviously going for a hyper-sexualized video and... Um, kind of pulls it off she looks amazing and has some rad dance moves by the way there have been many there have been some issues around her personally but i don't want to get into that in the video since i didn't know enough oh, about it i don't know anything about that like i said this is the first time i never heard of her or watched the video the video is very funny um no i thought the song was kind of catchy the don't you say so thing just got stuck in my head um like he said she's i mean I, there's something very captivating about her and i think it goes beyond just she's pretty uh yeah. So I don't know. I kind of like the video. Kind of like the song. It was, I was, you know, I mean, I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it again, but I was fine with it. I, I just, I was bored. What about you, Danae? What did mm-hmm. you think? What did you think of this song? Um, I don't remember anything about it because I was watching her dance and I, I lost 
all sense of space and time. <laughs> That'll do that to you. That'll she got it was, her, she she couldn't she couldn't look away from the butt. It was that um <laughs> yeah, oh, the, the, the butt. hallucinogenic That's what it was, the butt. <laughs> um what what is it that that kind of like when when her arms were moving and it had like the multiple arms the Yeah, I don't know what called? you call that effect. Vishnu? But, he yeah. had, he calls it out in the video, but I can't remember what it is. Oh. Anyway, like psychedelic yeah, it was like a psychedelic like moment, and, mm-hmm. and literally, I I was writing my notes for the sin, and all I wrote was oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, so well done today. <laughs> best show prep ever. I just wrote oh. That's how that works. I don't know. There's there is. I mean, you know, it's it's time for the message of the music with Aaron. Um, mm-hmm. I, there there is something about this song that is strange to me because the song appears to be about look. If you want to have sex with me, you need to say it because I was ready. I was ready for you, and you should have said something. And that's fine. But the song also goes into you know. There's a there's a like a lyric or two that are like you know just you know slap my butt and do this and it's like well can can we talk about consent for a second like there is an element of communication where you should have communication with someone as opposed to just like that's the whole thing we're trying to teach men right is like you should be more considerate and not so aggressive sexually and I don't know it was it was a weird thing it's funny to me because I you know like you'll talk to guy friends or whatever but you know like the whole like porn scenario where like you're delivering pizza or you've got right. you're the electrician yeah. or whatever and the woman like wants you and like they like wouldn't that be cool and i'm just kind of like that would be weird like because like <laughs> i don't know does that make sense you know what i'm saying like, yeah never mind. no i no i i just think there's a situation where we are in an era where men are thankfully i think starting to learn about the idea of how to communicate you know, sexually with women instead of just assuming things and instead of just, you know, coming right out and saying, I want you like, you know, there's there's an element of of progress to this stuff. Right. Like, it, I don't know. I, and again, I know it's just a stupid pop song. I'm just saying, like, when I look at kind of this stuff, it, it does send a little bit of a wrong message to me. Danae. Oh, <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> Just a, oh. Well, if I'm wrong, you're the one that can tell me, right? Like, you're, you you know, you can speak from a female perspective on that, um, that whole thing. Yeah, I could, but... I wasn't listening. So. <laughs> I just feel like I just feel like, the, you know, men have rightly rightfully been being told that this isn't how it works. And then this this video is saying, well, if you'd only just come right out and been aggressive, we'd have hooked up. And it's just like, well, oh, yeah, I didn't see it that way. I don't know. It's just I mean, that's what the lyrics say. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is this is why this is why we we listen to Aaron. Aaron actually reads the lyrics. <laughs> oh, yeah, I get I it now. I'm the only I'm the only one that read the lyrics. Yeah, no, no, okay. that's yeah. fine. Yeah, no, you might be right. I'm just saying. I personally I didn't see it that way. No, I find that very I find that a very interesting take. If that's the case of what the lyrics were saying, I also think that this would be a very confusing mixed mm-hmm. message. Because it should be consent. And if a woman wants to have sex and she's now she's making all those motions, it might be pretty obvious. But at the same time, like she's not Say naked. It. Yeah, she's not naked. I mean, like and not that we should see that no. in the video, but I'm saying if this is a real life scenario where a repairman comes and a woman wants to have sex and she's over there just, you know, dancing in a in, in the sh- clothes that she's wearing and she's singing a song about sex. Yeah, good for him for not assuming that she wants to have sex. Like she needs to say, let's hook up. Like, 
actually let's say something very specific let's have sex like let's do this thing and then then it would be more obvious but good on him for not assuming that that's what she was going See, for this is what just... let, let me read the the a little bit of the verse uh let me oh good let me uh oh you don't want me to you got a spreadsheet no no no. go ahead oh <laughs> well, okay if you don't want it uh, he's got a whole spreadsheet about this i did that's I, right. I made a spreadsheet about columns. the lyrics let me check my chest my breath right quick he ain't ever seen it in a dress like this he ain't ever been impressed like this. Right there, she's saying, look, I'm wearing this dress. That should mean something to you. Well, that's exactly the opposite of what we're, we're telling guys, rightfully so. Just because a woman wears a dress a certain way or looks a certain way doesn't mean they want it. But this but song I is saying also, she does, you know. Like, but I do. But she might just be writing what she considers to be sexy lyrics. Like, I, I don't know that she's trying to establish any kind of meaning in the song. I, take, mean, I know what you're saying. Take it, own it, steal it. Boy, stop playing. Grab my ass. Why are you acting like you shy? Like, Oh, yeah, that's not okay. Right? Like, I just... I, anyway. I mean, to me, that's not okay, but I don't like that kind of stuff in my lyrics. So, anyhow. So, yeah. So, well, well, I, never, she... I didn't really listen to the lyrics. I was just talking about the so, melody and everything. Let me go back and read I, my I notes. I did not on... know those lyrics existed. Uh, I'm going to go back and read my note on this one. We can uh-huh. move on. Okay. Oh. oh. <laughs> you just read it a oh. little differently. No, but there's oh. a lot of funny stuff in the video, though. <laughs> yeah, we should move um, on to the video itself. Hey, by the way, in all honest. In all honesty, um, do you want me to stop talking about the messages of these songs? Like, is that no, some, or no, is that like is it. that interesting no, to I anybody? Like you shit. Oh, I think it's very interesting okay. because I don't I don't pay attention to lyrics the yeah. way you do. Okay, I used I'm ribbing, to. I'm ribbing you, man. <laughs> I'm just really curious if that scenario has ever actually presented itself in someone's life and actually happened like that. You know, well, the, the delivery course, guy in the course of human history, I'm sure it's happened a few times. I'm but. sure it has happened. I would I would like if you have a story. Uh, that's that's true. Feel free to share. Send but. it to your porn story at cinemasins.com. <laughs> oh, damn it. But that would be weird, right? Like, if you were, like, a delivery guy, I mean, that that wouldn't really be sexy, would it? That'd be weird, right? <laughs> I don't know, Am man. Am I wrong? I, listen, I'm I'm it's the guy. It's never happened to me, I'm the guy, so I don't know. I'm the guy that lost his virginity to his wife on their wedding day, so, like, you know, I'm probably not the one I mean, who can speak I educated about this. I mean, you know, role play, I mean, outside of role play. I mean, you know, people do, you know, goofy stuff, role playing. I mean, I've I've worn some interesting outfits, but <laughs> okay, this conversation Woo! has officially gotten very Woo! interesting. I'm the rest of the podcast Jonathan is dedicated. Is a furry. I'm joking. <laughs> All right, let's talk about. I, yeah, I've, oh my god, that is leave Jonathan as a furry out of this, please. I don't want that. To get <laughs> Too late. Too you late. don't want the not fan true. art. It, you'll have fan art, man. There is, by the way, I learned about fur. I learned about furries through uh the show csi and that is a that was a really <laughs> a weird way to episode. learn about furries as I a know. lot of people did a lot of people learned that's about a really popular that episode, episode. Yep, yeah. a lot of people did and it's actually a really good episode it is a decent episode yeah. um okay so let's move on to the video shall we uh what did you guys uh what did you guys think of the video itself uh, what were some of your decanted, favorite things? decanted tang yeah i had that I, one too I, <laughs> And then the wait, uh, found out puppet shows. Wait, that's not the right one. Um, uh, all just the stuff with the the stuff with the stereo repair man. All that was very funny. I didn't write anything specific, but the I the, the thing about the tang and then the other one I wrote down was. But seriously, Sheila was a bitch. I just thought that was really funny. <laughs> the way he uh, the way he read that whole thing out. I uh, I like the storing LPs like this. That one caught my yep. attention for whatever reason. Thought that was funny. The impromptu uh, prayer service to Ra, the sun god, uh, made me giggle a little bit too. Um, yeah, there's some funny stuff here. So good job, good job. Uh, Danae, you want to uh, read your uh, your notes again one more time? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, sure. <clears throat> uh, oh. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's move on to Cinema Sins. Uh, we will kick it off with Bloodshot. It is a Scott Watkins joint. Uh, Jeremy and Jonathan wrote on this one. It is also uh, the last movie most of us saw in the theater on the writing team because it was our Sin well... Week movie. I saw The Hunt. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you after did. After Sin Week ended, I went with some people that some of our lovely people that attended. Yeah, and uh, was not killed. So it's interesting in that we know all the Sin crew have seen this movie. Uh, so there'll be no drinking on Danae's behalf for this one. Uh, she actually <laughs> did sit through this one with everybody. Uh, it's also interesting because we've had com- big conversations about this movie mm-hmm. on the Sincast. Uh, so it's was it was it aired on Sincast? The yes, our our, our chat. Okay, good. Okay, I couldn't pod, remember if it was yeah. a fan only. No, it came out as a no, mini-pod. no, no. We uh, Barry okay. aired it as a as a mini pod, um, but uh, it w- it was really well. It was also really cool because we. I mean, this just happened. I mean, this was recent. Like this was what three months ago. Yeah. Now? Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Right, um, not even quite. I'm, I'm sure um, you mean three years. It feels like three, yeah, three years, years ago. I know. Uh, but it was funny because like stuff that I talked about that I had issues with, I wrote into Sins for this, and stuff that Jeremy talked about that he had issues with, he wrote with, and it was so that was really funny. It was like we were just revisiting our conversation. I was waiting. <laughs> I was waiting the whole video for him to say something about the the kid that asks, uh, God forbid, twice. For their mother's attention. Oh, I actually wrote that sin, kids. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that was actually I knew it would be Uh, He might have written it, too. I mean, he might have just... Oh, my God. That was one of my favorite parts of that mini pod was him being like, can you believe that, kid? (laughs) Like, yeah. Like, like my daughter who just came in here to have me open up an apple juice. (laughs) And she was well aware I was recording. Didn't matter to her. She didn't care. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, I bet that was an interesting experience, uh, you know, having had that in-depth conversation and then writing the sins. Well, his big thing was that he looked up the name uh, Gina and got like one hit. Mm-hmm. You know, he talked about that and then he wrote a sin about it. And then I think, like, I, I know I talked about the Dalton guy being a, like an asshole from the get go. Yeah. And I wrote a sin about that. You know, it was, it was, it was fun. It was really fun to work on. And much like Danae and I on Archer, a lot of our sins are kind of merged together. Like, there was a lot of stuff that he kind of like added, like, my end, like, he used something I wrote for the ending of it. Nice. And uh, that kind of, there was a lot of collaboration there. It was, we had, we had a blast. We were like, cracking each other up going back and forth with notes i'm very excited for today for danae to read uh jeremy's uh response yes. about sending bloodshot so danae if bloodshot were a piece of fruit it would be the kind that has no flavor and then you get <laughs> sick after eating it and when you go to the doctor you find out it wasn't a piece of rotten fruit but rather a plastic piece of fake fruit and now you have to poop it out but it's going to take a few days and it's not going to feel good, and you're going to have rectal soreness for weeks. And honestly, <laughs> it would have been better if you hadn't picked up that piece of fruit or even noticed it in the first place. And you spend your days pining for a world without, world without real fruit just so you'd never get tricked into eating fake fruit again. <laughs> That's the best. That last line, that you spend your days pining for a world without real fruit because you'd never get tricked into eating fake fruit. That is beautiful. If that hasn't been used in a script somewhere, it needs to be. That is wonderful. Uh, yeah, that's fun that, stuff. That should be on a shirt. <laughs> Hold the Look, whole rant. If you guys thought this movie was bad the first time through, the second time through, it's borderline torture. I, yeah. it's, it was... 
it was fun because there was so much to send and it was so fresh on my mind, you know, so it was really easy to kind of remember things. And then when I was watching it, to, I like I remembered everything that happened in the future. Go ahead. I'm I'm glad you guys mentioned the promise of the movie that because that's what stood out mm-hmm. to me the most is there is another movie that could have been made here that mm-hmm. would have been very fun and interesting. And they just were not interested in making that movie. So I was glad to hear, hear you guys mention that, too. There's literally like several issues of a comic book that they could have pulled from and they decided to just whatever they did. Yeah. I do want to say that uh, Jeremy does go on. He says, on a more serious note, I did some Googling to confirm my hunch that flour is flammable as hell, which ends up being a perfect microcosm of this movie. No attention or care went into the details, which is odd because you can't even say they instead put care into any other part of the film either. Ultimately, it's a shit show sloppiness. Yeah. And then in parentheses, he says, Lamorne Morris is nearly as funny with one line in the movie as J.K. Mm-hmm. Simmons is in Terminator Genesis. That was an interesting moment, too, because I had written something about Lamorne Morris in that scene, but I still took a scent off because I was like, what a wasted, you know, performance or whatever. I can't remember how I put it. Yeah. And then through, especially after the uh, Chris and Barrett looked at it, uh, we decided to actually just go ahead and take a sin off. Cause I was sitting there thinking there's no way I'm taking a sin off for this fucking movie. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but that is like a genuinely great moment. Like, you know, yeah. it really is. So, and a lot of people were happy that we took a sin off for that. It is um, interesting. So I'm glad we did. It's interesting to go back to this because we did have such an in-depth conversation months ago about this movie, but it's also a weird movie. And I think we're all going to have this in our lives in some way where there is something that happened, whether it was an event or a movie Mm -hmm. or music or something that happened right in that tipping point before COVID got really crazy. And that for us was Sin Week. It was this movie because as we were meeting was when there was more conversation being had about people that weren't able to even come back to port after going out Mm -hmm. on a cruise. Those were all the breaking conversations as we were starting up our event. Well, most and of, most of those, I remember reading so many different articles on the way home from Sin Week where it was like, today they have canceled the NBA season because an NBA player is tested positive. Mm-hmm. And today, and I was like, oh my goodness, like people yeah. forget it happened over the course of 24 hours, basically, where the world it went was, from, yeah, this is going to be a thing to, oh, this is going to be a thing. I got home from the first night, our dinner. Um, I got home, turned on TV. It was on ESPN. They were talking about NBA canceling. Like, yeah. They, yeah. Were at the, they were at the game that was supposed to be played that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it happened literally that night. If, like we said, our dates were crazy. It if, was, we had, if we it had was scheduled really it crazy. for a week later, we never would have had it. We wouldn't have, we wouldn't have been able to meet. But And it was right in that time window where you know everyone was able to have a good time. But then in the back of our minds, we we're all like, we weren't really hugging as much or shaking hands as much. And that was happening because we were all kind of aware of what was happening. But then um, then there was the concern, are we all going to be able to get home? And then once we get home, are we going to have toilet paper? So Bloodshot has a lot tied to it for me. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's the last movie I saw in the theater. Uh, it was a moment where the theaters even had just decided to start splitting people and have fewer in their theaters, which at that point was a personal decision. It wasn't even something that was coming from officials. It was like, yeah. 
Aaron's We're... wife was really happy about that. <laughs> she was ecstatic. So, so it's interesting to go and like watching the sins video was a lot of fun because yeah, I'm like right back into that conversation. And then there's that more serious tone. And I don't know what it is for you guys in your life. The, those of you who are listening, just the, Oh yeah, that was right before COVID. But for mm-hmm. me, it's, it's sin week and bloodshot was that kind of no i i, I will say bloodshot is the is one of those rare bad movies that will never escape the public consciousness i don't think because of how much it had at least movie people how much it has embedded in covid19 because mm-hmm. uh, that was like the last big release weekend um mm-hmm. yeah yeah and probably tenant will be the next one so like i think i have a feeling both of those will be the two movies that people most associate with covid maybe trolls because trolls was the first like vod release and everything but um um yeah yeah do you want me to flip over into my favorite sins go for it today what do you got uh that moment just the delivery of having a second chance or coming back from the dead and and then it's like what about lazar what about jesus like that was just <laughs> Um, hilarious yeah and jeremy said it was literally while he was writing the sin he came to that realization <laughs> so that is like honest that it is was, like honest the thought process right there like that's he was just, so funny to me I know. because i just i i figured it was jeremy because mm-hmm. just how it was delivered is so like as you write a sin sometimes you'll have a revelation and you want the sin to be delivered in this yeah. very specific way so it sort of encapsulates or, or it it encompasses and, and delivers in the way that it was intended and so you have to sort of give notes to the narrator like hey if you could deliver this word yeah like you've just dropped ice cream on your foot <laughs> yeah that's like <laughs> something weird like that you know <laughs> that's as like close to a real-time son though he said as he was yeah. writing it he was just like wait what jesus what about jesus uh, yeah so it's I, perfect i really love it's a great one. sin I, it's it um, is it is it, if we if we ever do awards it will contend for sin of the year because well, that is so good too. like if i had written it i don't think it would have been written a the same way and i don't think it would have been read the same so it's one of those crazy things where it just like it mm-hmm. worked out perfectly it yep. was so funny yeah. yeah. Um the sin like imagine imagine that you've created a catchphrase I always come home and then you realize later it could have been my dick is classified is <laughs> lost. It's so funny. <laughs> like uh, Oh that one killed me. We already had the kid conversation. It was just really fun in the moment to be in front of a live audience where Jeremy is like this kid comes to the door like six times. Like fucking yeah. kids. Yeah, like, guess who's <laughs> not the parent in this conversation, you know? Like, um, and then I, I didn't realize that, uh, or think about it in the movie or even in our conversation, uh, in, at Sin Week that he can hack into her gear and threaten her mm-hmm. and exude his power over her. Why couldn't he do it for the guys? And so I had a nice little moment where yeah, I was I just like, about man, that either. I'm like almost positive. That was just Jeremy. I can't, there were so many of these that were kind of it was a good online. point. A really yeah, good point. A very good point. It's a metaphor for the patriarchy. That's what it is. That's why it pissed me off. Um, I wanted to mention the whole beginning section because as I'm watching him and I'm like, I'm like, none of this is real. How are they going to tie in the fact that Mm -hmm. these sins are kind of intentional or sintentional, if you will, because they are, uh, you know, they're, they're creating this over the top environment. We went back and forth about what exactly what you're talking about, but go ahead. But you included the line and this is what makes it work for me. You included the idea they shouldn't want him to spot the sin in this scene and that is so true and that makes all the other sins valid right because sure the candles are meant for atmosphere but 
in this, in his mind, this is a real world. Why wouldn't he be looking at the candles and being like, why do I have all these candles yeah. in my room? You know? So yeah, I, I really liked how you guys tied that back because I was wondering how you would do it. Well, and I was actually, when I was writing it myself, I was sending those things and then it just, I kind of had a moment where I was like, but oh yeah, but this is all in his head. So then I had to figure out a way to, but, but, like, but I was like, but it's still definitely a sin. And yeah. then you can also get into the sins about like, why does he program him to do these certain things? And then obviously, why does he not just use uh, the the people he already has? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who seem more than willing to go kill people. It just, it, none of it makes any sense when you start breaking it down. Speaking of not making sense, I, I love it when, for for our sake, I love it when a movie does something so ridiculously uh, wrong that it just, mm-hmm. that you all you have to do is say it. And that's the, uh, they turn right. He follows him right, yeah. and then he turns left. That is just one of those <laughs> things where it's like, mm-hmm. who did this? You know. When I love the the names that Jeremy gave them, I don't remember what they are at the top of my head. <laughs> he was like, you know, yeah, it was, it was good. Funny. Speaking speaking of names, that was the only other thing I had written down. Uh, the dropping of the Oscar Pistorius uh, yeah. reference was, <laughs> was so funny. good because it's so perfect, and uh, yeah, lots of appreciation for that. Yeah, you guys really like Jeremy's sins. Great. <laughs> um, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> No, you you mentioned some of mine. Um, I'm I, I'm yeah, you did. But um, I just the the flower scene I'll talk about because I think combined we probably wrote about thirty cents just for like that seven minutes or whatever, and we had to and like so some of that is stuff we kind of merged together, and some of it is just we we left some stuff out. But there was just so much wrong with that whole sequence. <laughs> did real. we did we talk about at Sin Week that the flower is supposed to give him? like a pale look like the character has in the comics like that that's the reason no that they no, did we that? didn't talk about that not that i remember we, i mean i don't remember that i don't think I, I don't think that was the case i don't think anybody's come out and said that but i have heard that that's that's probably what they were trying to do there because i guess the character in the comics is basically almost looks albino white like you know oh interesting well actually that blue look kind of at the end of the movie, that's where we say like it took an hour and 45 yeah. minutes to yeah. bloodshot. That's kind of more what he looks like. Yeah. Anyhow, huh. I just thought I'd mention that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but it was just it was just one of those moments like I just felt like it was so obvious. Like it just felt like something Vin Diesel wanted more than anybody, you know, and I could be wrong. But that's why I wrote that thing about, you know, him watching it at the premiere. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of went nuts and yeah, made up fun. this whole story. <laughs> it's fun stuff. Uh, but it's but it's most likely the masturbating to anime thing was also, I thought, very funny. Uh, I love Jeremy's line about this fucking guy with this tiny dick. Um, oh, and then Jeremy wrote the whatever guy Pierce's name in this movie would be excellent at Cinema Sense. Because <laughs> then I think you could just feel Jeremy's frustration with this movie yeah. in the narration, which is mm-hmm. just awesome. And at that moment, I just felt like I didn't talk to him about this, but I just felt like he forgot his name and just didn't give enough of a shit to look it up. Oh, yeah, that's that's the whole implication <laughs> I mean, it had there. to be it. Yeah, that's and, the whole uh, So that's why I just I thought that was great. Um, and then that um, that part where uh, they're like we talked about this at Sin Week too, but that part where they look back and they're like, "Finally, we get to use all this shit." And then we just wrote the sin. Why haven't you used yeah. all this shit before? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was. <laughs> and really once confusing. again, if you have all this shit, what do you need Vin Diesel for? Yeah. Like it, it just this this movie is terrible. Yeah, like I, <laughs> like I feel like I was too nice to it now, even though I didn't say anything really good about it at Sin Week. Well, I um, want I wanted again on the record that uh, I was the one that liked it the least out of everybody, uh, and I have been proven right. 
In one yeah. case. In I one think, case. I think Barrett was the only one that gave it kind of a passing yeah, he grade. Liked but he it. was just more yeah. like he was just more like it was it was dumb and fun. But um, yeah. It's definitely I think a movie I, that I think I was with Barrett though. You were just, huh? just for the record. I think I, I think I I'll stand with yeah. Barrett on that one. And when if you go back and well, listen to our epic bloodshot conversation, <laughs> we'll keep that memory and just don't watch it again. That's and right. Yeah. That's right. Never watch it again. Never, yeah. Once ever. I watched the sins video, I was like, yeah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the BFG, uh, which by the way stands for Big Friendly Giant. Uh, this is an Atkinson Dicer script. Chris and I wrote on this one. Uh, um, man, this one kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, you know, it's it's a movie I'd forgotten existed, but I definitely remember watching it back in the day. Isn't um, this a Roald Dahl? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's based on the Roald Dahl book, and um, and a lot of this. In again, the books don't matter according to what we do. Uh, but a lot of the stuff we see in is in the book. You know, the the rocket farting, all that stuff. You know, that that's in the original text. Oh, interesting. I I read the book as a kid. I don't remember much of anything about it. So so, but yeah. Um, I actually, I guess I'll start. I actually kind of like this movie, and I'm interested to hear Chris's thoughts. Uh, because I don't think he liked this movie at all. And I think a lot of it has to do with his Spielberg love and just kind of seeing Spielberg make kind of second-rate stuff is not not fun. But uh, but what did he have to say about it? He said, The true deterioration of Steven Spielberg's work started somewhere in the late 2000s. Uh-huh. <laughs> Speaking of Spielberg, uh, probably my favorite director of all time growing up, you could almost uh, always count on his movies being something special. He had some misses in the period from 75 to 2005 when he made the most well-known films, but even in his misses, you could see something there that was better than your average director. Somewhere along the way, he lost the ability to choose material that accentuated his strengths. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull shows cracks in the armor. You get a war horse or adventurous Tintin. I love adventures the adventures of, of Tintin, Tintin, by the way. So I don't know what he's talking about with that. But I like it. I just love it. I like it. I he says uh, he started making movies that look more like everything else, I think is kind of his point. Mm-hmm. Almost yeah. any director could have done the Ready Player One that he made. It's possible Lincoln is his best movie of the last 12 years, no. sprinkled in with some average Bridges of Spies and The Post. Somewhere in the middle of that was the BFG, an adaptation of Raw, of an Roald Dahl book. There's a distinct lack of wonder in this movie. I feel like the Spielberg of old would have made giants cooler, more terrifying and imposing, and would have completely excised the scene where the BFG ends up in Buckingham Palace. There's nothing special about the animation. The inventive Spielberg seems long gone, and I hate watching a Spielberg movie and just seeing averageness for the sins video my favorite sin that i wrote was perhaps the most nitpicky thing one that may be technically unverifiable but fun to write about nonetheless when sophie is taken by the bfg to his house and later hung up on a tree branch it looks pretty clear that she would not be able to escape she could not possibly reach that branch but when the movie cuts to a close-up she's much closer to the branch and is able to escape easily that occupied my time more than it should have. It was fun <laughs> ripping everything apart, which I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about that. Um, it was fun ripping everything apart during the Buckingham Palace scene as everything that there seemed stitched together. I'm not familiar with the source material, but it seems difficult to believe that's how it went down in the book. Could be wrong, but it seemed a little out of place, much like the giant himself. Yeah, I think it pretty much did go down like that in the book, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. But it has been a while, so I could be wrong, too. 
Can I say though? I, I know I feel like I'm on an island about this, but man, and I usually don't use boring to describe a movie because I think it's lazy. But Lincoln is one of the most boring ass movies I have ever seen. I mean, I disagree. I you I, love you also love biopics, but I do. Um, but I still don't think that's why because I don't think this is a traditional biopic. But man, I don't know. Maybe I need to watch it again. But that was one I just didn't like. Also, I feel like I like the post more than a lot of people. I like the post. I really like. The I post. mentioned that. I mentioned that on a syncast. I mean, Barrett looked at me like i had taken a shit on his face i'm like are you really like are you like that opposed to the post like so what he, about the post it's so like he looked uh, you off. he looked excited and turned on then yeah I'm trying exactly to, I'm trying. he was very he was very stoked uh, bridge of spies is actually quite good too uh i didn't hate ready player one um I, this no, i'm is with the, you I, i'm with you yeah i saw the bfg for the first time this week oh uh, what'd you think it's uh, I I don't know if I disliked it as much as Chris, but it definitely didn't like really. It didn't uh, it didn't move the needle for me. Like it was fine. Like I didn't I didn't hate watching it, but it wasn't something I'm like, ooh, I got to go show this to my daughter. Yeah, uh, I, I think the Giants look really weird. Um, I'm so glad you guys mentioned Christmas Carol because that's all I could think of the yep. whole time I was watching that yep. one character. Um, but you know, it was. It was, I, I do, I do, I am curious if Spielberg had made this like in the 80s, what it would have looked like. Uh, I kind of like Chris's, but um, it's, it's perfectly fine. I like, I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I disliked it. Uh, I now only have one Spielberg movie I've never seen. I've never seen War Horse. Mm, yeah. And I don't really not, want to because the horse dies, right? So I don't want to watch that. It's not great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out why I liked this movie. Uh, it has been since it came out, uh, since I watched it again. And I think it probably has to do with the... Um, Oh, why am I forgetting his name? The Central Giant performance. Uh, uh, he was in Bridge of Spies, too. Um, he's great. Yeah, he won the Oscar. Won the Oscar. Anyways, Rylance? Is it Rylance? That sounds right. Mark, Mark. Rylance, maybe? Yeah, uh, anyway, I really, I think Stallone. I really connected to his performance as this giant. There's something very innocent and pure about it that I liked. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem with this movie is that if you think you're supposed to connect with the, the little girl... It doesn't deliver on that. It never tells us anything really about her or her story. So it's this weird thing where the movie is ostensibly about her, but it's really about him. But the movie doesn't honor that in any way. She's kind of unpleasant. Like she's not a very, and that's a problem I had with the movie. Like she's just a very unpleasant character. Maybe she's supposed to be. Sure. Uh, yeah, Dahl, kids are, Dahl was kids pretty are not nice with making his kids annoying in his books, yeah. which I think led a lot of people to wrongly believe that he didn't like kids. Um, but uh, like Charlie, even like if you read if you read Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, like Charlie's not a very good kid. Well, like, and especially those other kids like that. Yeah, movie is yeah, all about exactly. how kids are awful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. So today, uh, have you seen it? Drink. <laughs> no. <laughs> OK, what are some of no. your thoughts in watching the video? Like, does it look like a movie you would want to see? Um. Or, are you I scared don't. of giants? <laughs> no, I'm not scared mm-hmm. of giants. I, I do not enjoy sharks. So let's just talk about that for a second. Uh, she has to work to do with, with a giant uh, every um, every day. So. Well, I mean, yeah. Spielberg directed Jaws, so I mean, it kind of has to do with this. So earlier, uh, somebody tweeted a picture of a shark that, not to me, but just like in their in their feed, they were oh, talking about something. And mm-hmm. so I, I hit it. I told Twitter, like, not in, you know, I don't want to see this. Hopefully that means I didn't actually block that person. I'll have to mm-hmm. go back and check. But anyway... I refreshed my feed, and then now they're showing me an advertisement that had a shark in the advertisement. What? So, I know. I was like, I excuse thought... me, 
Twitter? There was something <laughs> I thought you were about to say there. I think I don't remember. I guess it was a shark. There was because somebody said they didn't tag you, but somebody mm-hmm. said in the comments, did somebody tweet this to scare Danae Hughes? Yeah, I don't. Was I didn't that see same that picture. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I'm avoiding yeah. it. Well, completely. obviously, I didn't I didn't share it with you because I knew you wouldn't like it. But and they, and they were nice. They didn't tag you. They but just thankfully, no, I, there's no triggers in this one that I could tell. It has. I love Roald Dahl, though, and I like. Uh, mm-hmm. just the uh the whimsy um like all of the names for things and stuff that's something that i would really really enjoy but maybe it would be something i would enjoy reading which reminds me that one point in time i gave uh my royal doll hard book set away to somebody because they needed oh. something to read and um i wish i wouldn't have done that because Aww. it'd be really cool to read that i think to iris soon and so i'm uh on another tab i've got you guys up mm-hmm. and on the next tab i'm looking right now for a roll doll book set <laughs> yeah my daughter and i read a few of those when she was younger she was actually in a play of uh, willy wonka so there's there's uh, certain writers that. that just have this yeah. this really fun uh, and serious whimsy to them where there's like a there's a there's a message there and of course i'm not going to get that from the sins video because we're not watching the movie together and we're sending it so i think i probably would read this and probably would mm-hmm. watch it uh because it has a lot of that fun the fun parts that i don't know i enjoy real, but real quick side note about reading books to your kids though nobody prepares you as a parent for how much of a pain in the ass it is to read a dr seuss book to your child <laughs> i mean just i got to the point where i was just like fuck dr seuss like i just i don't want to read dr seuss anymore. well you shouldn't have started with uh socks on fox or whatever the yeah <laughs> the, oh my God. the big wordplay rhyming one is that's one of my favorites i will say my my uh, my stepfather uh, who sadly passed away at the beginning of the year um uh, he he is his name my daughter called him pop pop and that was because of dr seuss's hop on pop nice so I, should, I should i shouldn't go back on my fuck doctors but it is a but it is a pain in the ass to read <laughs> what'd you guys think about the sins video it oh, was I had, funny yeah i had a good time um in fact my very first thing is what chris said about the whole tree branch and the th- and the thing in the ranch yeah, so yeah. i was gonna just what i loved about that is at the end it's like um maybe i've gone on too long to prove a point but i'm you know not an asshole like I, I've gone on a long time to prove a point. I'm that I'm that guy. I'm that asshole. Mm-hmm. I loved how that sin wrapped up because not only did it work visually, mm-hmm. but then you could tell that it was just something that got into the writer's mind and just drove him crazy until he got it out. And what I appreciated about that is that I've had a recent experience. I spent over an hour and I made graphs and charts and I used a, a yeah, ruler do. to like actually plot out what was happening that drove me crazy i tried to kind of even fight for it lost the fight so it's not even in the final script but it makes no sense and so i kind of i don't know i appreciated how this was wrapped up into a all right maybe i've gone on longer than i should but i am that asshole and i'm like you know what that's what i'm going to tag on to the end of these in the future maybe that's the writing sequence maybe i could have written it this way and it (laughs) Mm would have worked and made it into a script because i just i know what that feels like and it worked because he was right she was obviously standing lower and the branch was higher and then it cuts Mm -hmm. the next scene and there it was so i really appreciated that one in particular because it totally reminded me of one that i wrote well i think we're talking about that one next week i think i'm not sure but it'll be coming up soon um the dude bros naming their penis didn't realize that that was such a thing that um (laughs) all the giant weird giant names so it was like these are either giant names or the dude bros naming their penises i thought that was really funny i mean it kind of went the the those names are just like you know man hugger meat dripper gizzard gulper (laughs) maid masher like you know it's just it's too perfect (laughs) 
it was so funny. Yeah, I went back and I was like, okay, right, true. <laughs> uh, the, don't you just hate it when you're trying your best and someone's keeping score of everything you're doing wrong? <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was, that was a nice little wink, wink. Yep. Um, wink, wink, wink moment. Uh, the sin about dreaming about your car running on toothpaste. And the sin is like, you know, what a, what kind of a dream is that? But I am a dreamer. I have crazy dreams almost every night. In like sometimes they're the most epic adventures, and sometimes they're like, for example, when you're about to launch a merch store, and I dreamt all night long about uploading merchandise to a website. <laughs> that was my dream the entire fucking night. <laughs> and whether I was doing it wrong, and and whether there was a more efficient way to do it, that was my dream for like a, the entire evening. But which you, those are not great. Were you dreaming about doing it with toothpaste though? That's that's the question. <laughs> but when that sin, it just kind of triggered this thought, like you know when I. Tell someone, yeah, I had this dream about, and then insert whatever craziness it is. It's always crazy. There's so much more to it. It's so impossible to describe a dream and and because of vividness and everything. So when it was like a toothpaste that made a car run, I was so into that. I wanted to go into that dream. So that was one of those things where I was like, actually, I think that sounds great. Uh, but my favorite one, uh, oh, I, I should, I'll say this one and also my favorite, the pointing out all the times when she should be strong. Uh, there was a couple of those when she tried to push the window and then mm-hmm. later she lifts the broom and the sin is just like, but where does she get the strength? It's just like the delivery of that frustration was fun for me. Um, but the one that I love the most was the, um, uh, is that what they call me? The big friendly giant. And then the sin is, oh, I've been saying something completely <laughs> different. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah. So. Yeah, I had a good time watching this one. Jonathan? Um, I was so- Sophie puts herself in quite the pickle. Was that you? <laughs> nope. That was that was Chris. Oh, I guessed wrong. <laughs> um, did we mention the Elizabeth Tower one? I, I I really liked that one. The and yes, I know it's called Elizabeth Tower, and thank you for reminding me, cliche. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I liked what? A giant? Those aren't even fucking real. Um, <laughs> those are my favorite now. I love those because it's just like this thing where it's like, you know, it's it's this it's you know, dogs don't talk, right? It's this idea yeah, of obviously yeah. the movie knows this. It's just like so still a in giants aren't real (laughs) (laughs) and then i mentioned you talking about jim carrey scrooge which i thought was brilliant Uh, yeah and then the movie perfectly encapsulates its life in florida like i thought that was kind of funny but i i I mean i thought that was funny but i was just curious where that stemmed from was that chris or you or uh which one was that i'm thinking i'm sure it was chris because i don't remember writing a florida okay it was movie it just randomly said movie perfectly encapsulates life in florida oh yeah yeah, it was when they're writing like and doing this sort of like ramming sequence yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Whatever, yeah no my sin there was if you were wondering where to file this movie in your in your collection yeah. it goes it goes under <laughs> nutshot or whatever it was that was so good oh gosh uh yeah no this was a really fun one to write on uh some of the other ones i would mention uh the um acronym sim the initialism sin where uh it was omg this otp bfg pov is nfg so ptsb asap uh that one was fun to research um because the only acronym that's in there that i think most people would have to look up is ptsb but that's a military acronym for pass the sick bucket so it literally means you're you're getting sick um so yeah i didn't get that one so yeah put the shit back or something so (laughs) yeah no 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 so technically it would be oh my goodness this uh this um 
the oh, it should be OTT. I think it is OTT in this end. So, oh my goodness, this over the top BFG point of view is no freaking good. So pass the sick bucket as soon as possible. Uh, is actually if you kind of get those uh, those initialisms out, um, that was fun. Uh, I loved making the phrase breach birth from a pus pickle. It's <laughs> just like, what is that? It was so gross. Uh, and then there's something about that I hadn't thought of before when I watched this movie about why do these giants crave humans so much? Like, is it mm-hmm. like is it a drug to them? Because it's obviously not nutritional substance. Like, they're so tiny compared to these giants. Like, what is it about humans that they taste so good that they basically go on, you know, like go crazy mm-hmm. for them? So I don't know. It's like the Cheeto of the giant world or something. And you know, I, I was just <laughs> trying to understand it uh, in some way or another. So yeah. Anyways, this one was was really fun to write on, so I had a good time. I think that'll do it. Unless you guys had anything else. Nope. All right, cool. Bye, guys. Nope, I'm just trying to find this book set, man. Like, I'm like, okay, where is it? Oh no, what if it was a collectible? <laughs> if you need, if you need a copy of BFG, I do have one. If you want to start with that one or whatever. Yeah, with Corona all over it. Yeah, gross. <laughs> That's what I spit. That's what I do during my day. I spray Corona all over our stuff. I don't, you know, I don't know why. It's and just you send it to Danae. It's like I order COVID from Amazon, and I just I put it in the water and I diffuse it, and then I spray it all over our stuff. It's just a habit. I don't know. It just happens. Hey, podcast peeps, it's me again. Um, those are my. Those are my. Uh, every time I, I talk, wow, uh, is this how Aaron feels when we're, okay, we're going to try this, okay. I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com slash BTS, so go fill it out all right let's move on to keeping tabs the internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another ha ha oh jeez this is the most public yet of my many humiliations we're each going to tell a story from putting together the content for the week uh, maybe a google search some strange research deleted sin uh, whatever you want to do um who wants to go first okay uh jonathan why don't you pray for us no, I'm sorry. I yawned, and so like I had to, I had to get my voice back. That's that's just what I think every single time that happens. This is like, why do I even ask the question? Oh my god, Jonathan, why oh, don't you go no, first? Is that like something like if you ask who wants to pray, nobody? Yeah, else. everybody. Just, oh yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, that kind of thing. Nose goes. It's I either, think, it's either that do. or there's always one holy person. <laughs> that's I was right. gonna say like the people that really really love to pray. That's kind of weird in its own way. Like I mean, want to be the ones that are saying the prayer, not that out loud out loud in fact yeah, i think yeah, jesus yeah, yeah. jesus yeah. had some things to say about people who like to pray out loud uh, that's actually in the bible uh, shut your mouth is what he said yep. I'm pretty sure it's in there somewhere uh jonathan <laughs> what what it's do you got ptsb yes part of the bible it's my yes. favorite part of the bible um i didn't really have anything i looked up i had a couple of uh deleted sins that from uh bloodshot um one one that was interesting was that uh i for some reason i mean i totally get why jeremy took it out but the the actress that played gina which i forgot to write down who that was but there was like this one shot of her in the movie where she looks straight up like ivanka trump so i wrote a sin discount ivanka trump or is ivanka trump discount ivanka trump discuss <laughs> speaking of 
families that hold Bibles in front of churches for photo ops so a bunch of people can see them. Skip. <laughs> Skip. Oh, my God. Though the other, I had another sin that I thought was kind of funny was just because we actually had one in there about COVID-19. Um, Jeremy wrote one at a certain point uh, where he was saying that the nano, the nanites were COVID-19. And then, then he, and then I had written one um, at a completely different point in the movie where the character said, who are you? Who am I? I'm the bloke that ruined your vacation. And so I put, based on the weekend this movie was released in theaters and this line of dialogue, my theory has been proven correct that Bloodshot is in fact COVID-19. Um, it was just crazy that we both had written COVID-19 since on two separate things. And so Jeremy included the bit about it being released that weekend because he had, what, even thinking about that i guess but uh yeah i just thought it was interesting that um in two different moments in the movie we had essentially the same sin yeah it was just weird yeah I'll go next. I uh, did some research on a sin that ended up getting cut for good reason. Um, it Basically, it takes place during a dream. And when I wrote it, I didn't remember that it was a dream. And so, but it's about the physics of a giant blowing the sail of his own boat and propelling it forward. And I was like, is that like, is that how real physics would work? If you could blow strong <laughs> enough into oh the boat sail, would it actually propel it forward? Hey, Aaron, was your Google search, can I, how can I blow myself? Because that's... Actually, that's why I was laughing, because I was sitting there trying to think of how he would have typed this in. How did you, how did you start I this just, one, bud? I just Googled, uh, I am a giant and I want to blow myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, uh, the, the, the results were very strange. Uh, and then you found but... this really weird, this old, obscure <laughs> porn that Andre the Giant did. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Andre the Giant never did porn. Um, well, you haven't searched hard enough. Uh, so <laughs> searched hard enough. Anyways. Oh my God. Oh my God. RIP or Andre the Giant. Anyhow. <laughs> so, so I did, I did do a search, not that one, but I did do a search, uh, about the <laughs> physics of, you know, propelling a, a vehicle through wind, you know, resistance from that vehicle. And technically Newtonian physics say that's impossible, but Mythbusters did an entire episode on it, uh, which I, which I, found and discovered that if you blow so hard that the the wind we'll say wind quote unquote comes off the sail and then back towards you that you can propel yourself just slightly and it has to be extremely hard uh to be able to do that so it was kind of one of those um it's a storm wind envelope moment yeah <laughs> yeah it, it was it, it was one of those things where i was like okay this was a this was a worthwhile search because i really learned something uh and so i wrote this whole sin about it after 20 minutes of researching this thing watching the myth but you know parts of the myth busters episode i watched their small scale test and their big scale test and how it exactly worked and uh, it ends up it was in a dream so we can't even put it in the stupid script oh. so. <laughs> Uh, Mythbusters, the Wikipedia of reality shows. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so anyways, I wanted to share that story. Danae, what do you got? Um, I have a couple of them. First and foremost, I wanted to mention that, yes, it is illegal in New York to do a puppet show, but this is from Archer. But I didn't add the asterisk like it, through a window. It has to be through a window. Like you can do a puppet show. I guess they have to be like a regulated puppet show, but you can't do one through a window. So <laughs> nice. I, I think I, I'm super fine with leaving it the way that it is. Uh, it was corrected in the comments. So good for you on your research. But also brought up in the comments was Lacey Kate says also illegal in New York are garbage disposals. Oh. So I didn't look that up to confirm, but that's an interesting one. 
puppet show, puppets are on the blacklist for law enforcers. Despite the city's penchant for theaters, it's illegal to for a person to stage puppet performances, ballets, dances, or other forms of entertainment, quote, from any window or open space of any house or building. Wow. Hmm. Apparently, just so we're, just so, I was looked up that garbage disposal thing. It said they technically are legal now, but apparently they were illegal up until about 2000, about around 2000. So a lot of the apartments don't have, because nobody's gone back and like retroactively installed them. Ah, interesting. I'm That's guessing it has something found. to do with the amount of pipes and yeah, stuff, and probably. you just don't want to put stuff yeah. down the deck. Laws all, you know, usually have reasons, and some I of those reasons those. are ridiculous. I used to read those like crazy laws that are still on the books. Mm-hmm. Those, you know, the books would do those. Was, you find like, like you know, like I think in Texas, you weren't. It was illegal to uh, take a bath with a picture of a like a woman to take a bath with a picture of a man. Oh yeah, bathroom. well that's understandable. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. we can't let that happen. Um, alligators were not allowed to be uh, chained up to fire hydrants in Florida. Oh. That was a well, good, yeah. When it's one of those scenes, because you know somebody did that. Like that law <laughs> right. only happens because somebody did that. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, but the one that you mentioned earlier is uh, Sophia, and I'm going to mispronounce her name. I thought you did a great job on pronouncing Thank her you. name in the in the you're welcome but the haji pintelli um there was one person that i found in the comments who said uh so i googled sophia haji pintelli and now i'm mad at you or something so i she is a controversial model who has fully embraced her unibrow and when i say unibrow she has a very dark thick prominent eyebrow situation going on not everybody has the ability to grow eyebrows like hers but hers actually completely come together in the middle she's beautiful and uh she decided to just be a model as herself and show what body hair is on women Uh and when we were doing the rick and morty episode i i follow her on instagram i think she's beautiful Mm -hmm. and um the the joke was does anyone even know who kid rock is anymore it would be it'd be (laughs) far more likely to reference somebody that we all know which does kid rock even have bushy eyebrows is that what the point was i don't know but i instantly thought of sophia because she is someone that i really admire and i actually follow a lot of very diverse women on instagram even if it makes you uncomfortable I would recommend you do it too because maybe some stigmas of beauty will be broken down. Amen. I follow Preach one woman I follow one I woman who has um she has a, a hormone uh imbalance in her body and she has a full beard and she tried to shave it for years. She was think- she was doing laser surgery and as she says the beard would just grow back even thicker and more angry mm-hmm. and so she decided to stop fighting it and just let it grow. And so she is incredible because I mean think about how much flack she gets every day in her life for having a full beard um and also you know she's a beautiful woman and now she also is accused of actually being a man so then she has to defend her femininity so uh i really like supporting people who need to have positive voices in their life that their body and the way that their body is is super okay as is so i follow women that have um no shame in showing their curves no shame in showing their scars their body hair and at first it made me really uncomfortable because i was raised and groomed to be a so to speak. hairless flawless curvy person that you know would never you know make waves uh where you can make waves but just not these kinds of waves you know what i mean like even so, in the bathtub you just had to sit still and you st- totally still and yeah, definitely not no, with a picture of a man 
That would be right. Yeah, that'd be very wrong. But anyhow, so it's really cool. I don't know. I like the where we are in social media. I love Instagram. And I actually did a series of posts on my Insta stories where I pushed their story to everybody's forefront and showed pictures of these women and these people um, kind of in hope that I do make people uncomfortable. And uh, so anyhow, that's how I know about Sophia. I know when I read that sin, uh, I was a little bit concerned that people might think we were making fun of her. And so I remember we had a conversation and eventually landed on that the sin is is good and means what it means and what people interpret it to mean. Like, for example, the person in the comments who was like, I won't forgive you for that. Uh, they may think we meant it to make fun of her, but we didn't. And we know that. And the sin does not, Im- you know, uh, implicate that in any way. And so I think it's good to talk about it here, too, and let people know mm-hmm. how much we actually love her and respect her and are, are uh, pro-embracing who you are and natural beauty. And I, you know, I, for one, think people need to get over the idea of like when a woman doesn't shave her armpits, you know, going, ooh, gross, like get over it. Like, it's, you know, why is it gross? Because you've been taught it's gross. You know, like that stuff is something we all have to deal with our our internal, how we were raised, the idea of youth. A lot of that has to do with the idea of youth, um, which actually, when you think about it to its extent, is kind of messed up. The idea that, you know, that youth is actually before you start growing body hair. Like that's that's kind of messed. So, you know, the more we can consider these ideas of the natural body is beautiful. Body hair is beautiful. Like I, you know, her eyebrows are beautiful. Our eyebrow is beautiful. You know, like that's I think that's important. So I'm, I'm glad we put her name in there in the end, even if people misinterpret it, because that's not what we meant by it. And I think it'll it'll do some good to shine some light on it. All right. We ready to move on then? Yep. All right. Let's move on to whatever the next segment is. I want to know. I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. It's the comment section. We're going to take a look at the comments from the week uh, and talk about some of our favorites. Um, I will go first. Sergeant Snyder from the Bloodshot video says, of course I go to Google and start typing is FLO. And the first thing that comes up is, is flower flammable? I feel like CinemaSins <laughs> probably directs more trending traffic on Google than they realize with oh people God. going to check stuff from his sins. <laughs> yeah. Jer- well, Jeremy talked about that in the, and you know what Danae read, but yeah, no, he, cause I, I, I sent like, it's like Danae and Jeremy both were teaching me things last week about New York city puppet shows and flowers yeah. flammable and i was like i never would have even thought about that i just thought he knew it he's like oh no he's like i just thought it was weird so i looked it up and <laughs> sure enough that and how many people are doing that enough that the first response for is flo <laughs> is is flower flammable so i was glad to see that that's that was amazing fun. Uh, what about you, Jonathan? Uh, I have mine's from Bloodshot too. It's uh, Striker SL, I believe. Uh, still my second favorite Guy Pierce movie about a trained killer with damaged memories being tricked into assassinating multiple people by convincing him they killed his lover. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, that, that is true. It's yeah, good stuff. Danae, you? Um, I've mentioned so many comments, so I'm going to go to one from Twitter from Mr. Collected. Hi, Jacob, who says super important question for Danae, Aaron and Jonathan based off of your personality, your traits, etc. What kind of bender would you be from Avatar um, or the last? Yeah, from Avatar, the last airbender. What do you think each other would be? Uh, I thought it would be kind of a fun discussion. Okay, so, so we'll use this kind of I as a question. I just don't know much about them. Like, are you actually like with your mind, you're bending things or? Yeah, it's either fire, water, air or earth. Oh, so I can't just like. I and can't if, be, if like... you've 
seen the show, you kind of get a sense for the personality of those tribes a little bit. And so you'll be kind of, uh, you know, shooting in the dark so a little bit. I can't just make up something like I'm a trash bender. Been trash. <laughs> well, that means you're probably what earthbender. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Although, I think I, I hate I think, fire. It's not, I'm not fire. Wait, I'm going to Danae, Let's do this. Let's, I don't like water either. <laughs> Like, I don't like I don't like swimming. I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not like I, I'll take a shower. That's about it. That's okay, what's know. your idea, Aaron? What's your idea? Uh, let's let's before we we say any of ours, uh, let's you okay. and I at least since we've seen the show assign in our minds what tribe each of the three of us would be, uh, okay. so that we've got those to compare without influencing each other, and okay. then and then we'll uh, then we'll say them. So there's water, earth, fire, air. Mm-hmm. All right, I've got. Um, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, I've got mine in mind. I've got mine. All right, who do you want to start with? It's okay. <laughs> it's just That's why fun. we're not making you do it. That's why we're not making you do it. Okay, I'm... I I assigned uh, Aaron for water. Okay, so we'll start. Why would you say water for me? Because you are a very emotional person. That's true. It's true. You don't you, you, you eat in the shower. That's true. <laughs> that is true. How do you did I say that? You said that like on the first episode. Great. How did I forget Great. that? Great. It's true. <laughs> food and food tastes better in the shower. I can't explain it. No. It's just true. It's just <laughs> absolutely, absolutely just true. Not. There's 100% no true. Way. You, you, nope. you take any food, take a bite before you get in the shower, take a bite after you get in the nope. shower, you will find out. Um, um never I'm never going to find out. <laughs> this is this is something that I hope you guys don't think is weird, but like when you hug Aaron, he sways back and forth if he's happy. Wouldn't that be air? <laughs> no, it just, it feels, I don't know, maybe fluid. it could be oh, air too. You're it's there's like wavy. a sort of yeah. fluidity to it. And so I think all of those combined, I think you could, you would be an, a waterbender. I had myself as a waterbender as well. Uh, for for many of the reasons you mentioned, plus the idea that the waterbenders are often very, uh, there's a stoicism to them and a go with the flow. To them, mm-hmm. that I very much you're identify a jellyfish with. man. So it doesn't yeah. have you're a, a whole lot to do with the the actual physicality of the of element. The element. Yeah. The, yes. A lot. Of, yeah. The physicality of the elements do play into the personalities oh, okay. of the tribes. So. Okay. So for Jonathan, I chose Earth. Me too. Okay, because um, I think like you're really grounded. Yes, and I can see yourself being like, <laughs> I don't want to. Please, <laughs> like, like I don't want to deal with this, and then just building yourself a little Earth cave and just being oh, yeah, like, no. I- I'm done. <laughs> I've done that. It's my house. So. <laughs> yes, there's something very straightforward about Jonathan that that feels like the Earthbenders. You know, that's mm-hmm. just you know, there's something very concrete about your personality. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I totally went Earth. So now I'm really curious because I really went back and forth with you. Do you want me? to say you first before you do yeah firebender is where i landed for sure okay good we got them all yes i i am for sure a firebender i have a hot temper uh that i have been working my whole life at, at at getting under control but man when i get mad i feel it and um i can just see myself being someone who could learn the art of just like making crazy <laughs> amounts of destruction <laughs> there is a there you is look really excited when you were saying that <laughs> yeah, too. No, you're just like, yeah i can do this so right like, i want to fucking burn it all down no. <laughs> there's there is a uh a I mis- got boobs <laughs> <laughs> 
there, there is a mysticism and beauty to the airbending tribe that is why I was kind of going back and forth with air and fire for you. Mm-hmm. And then I remember you throwing the cookies at me and I was like, no, it's firebender. It's totally. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. That's what it is for me too. I was right on the border, but you know, every, I don't know if you guys do personality tests and, you know, signs and all that stuff, but I'm a cusp. I'm always right directly in the middle of personality tests. Then like your en- Enneagram number, um, even my my astrological sign. I was going to ask, are you on the cusp? I'm directly on the cusp of my astro uh, astrological sign. I was born at twelve twelve on eleven twenty two. Like I'm just genuinely kind of in the middle, and I I super don't mind that because I can kind of flow back and forth. Um, so yeah, there's times when I am super like. Uh, I can feel myself being lifted up and I could totally be an airbender and the joy of all of that. And also like the mysticism part, super much part of me. I would just say today, my mood, I'm super a firebender. So I'm going <laughs> to fire today. <laughs> no, I think that's right. I think, I think you land uh, as a firebender. I'm a hybrid. You're probably, I'm a hybrid, well, yeah. that again, shall we remember? That's what the avatar is. So you're you the avatar, Danae. Oh my you God, I'm the avatar. <laughs> you know what's weird about astrological Hell signs, yeah! though? I do think there's a lot to the astrological signs. Like, it's crazy, like, how much I'm... Like, if you read about a Gemini, like, that is straight up me. Yeah, but Jonathan, uh, but, we're both but born on the same Aaron day. Is. We're both born on the same day, and we're completely different people. That's what so. I was going to say. It's really <laughs> weird. You and my father-in-law, which he doesn't have the same birthday as us, but you're both Geminis. You are the only two Geminis I've ever met that I don't really feel... Like, you don't like you don't seem to have those personalities. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Clearly, Aaron does not buy into astrological signs. Oh, not- I'm sure it's all just coincidental not and all, all that kind of stuff and you well you, you read stuff into whatever's written yeah i get that yeah. i totally do like i'm not an idiot but i do think that there is energy around you when you're born and i just i don't know there's something there that's i'm not saying I'm, I've never re- heard I'm not you... praying to crystal no no, no no you're stuff. good just, you're good man i yeah. there are certainly many things that uh, that we I don't understand i am a proponent of the mysticism like there there is mystery in this world and i i think it's silly of us to to say there isn't because we can't know everything so mm-hmm. it's very arrogant to um, say there's no mystery in the world uh and jessica so... fletcher knew fucking everything so <laughs> okay, you take that Love back her. fair enough fair enough <laughs> i do she's awesome man I, oh god that, that show's so good let's uh let's move on to beyond the sins to infinity and beyond somewhere beyond my wild history to boldly go where no man has gone before we're just going to chat about something else in the world of pop culture that we've seen recently, and Danae's going to kick us off. Uh, I've you... seen games. Yeah. I've seen them all over the place. Well, I was... Danae's going to kick us in the nuts. I was, <laughs> was going to say, uh, I was going to change it to experienced, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah. What have you experienced lately? Well, technically, I have seen them, yeah, so sure. kind of it's the same thing. Um, I mentioned a game a couple weeks back that I wanted to circle back to um, because I did end up finishing it. It was the game Seven Days. That's the one where you kind of choose your own mm-hmm. adventure mm-hmm. and i had mentioned that i hadn't finished it up yet because i you have to have tickets to play um and one of the options in there was to download another game and play it to level 10 and then you get a whole bunch of tickets so if you do decide to play seven days exclamation point i would recommend if it's still available to go ahead and download their suggested game of emoji blitz this is a disney game and just play to level 10 it's a super super simple game and that's the one that i'm gonna spend the bulk of the time talking about but just to kind of wrap up seven days um i did end up finishing the game and it shows you sort of your trajectory like the different decisions you could have made or the different stories that you could have unlocked had you made different choices and it gives you the option 
option to play again because I had gotten all of those tickets though I I mean I had I have enough to play a couple times through which is why I would recommend downloading emoji blitz because it gives you plenty of tickets to con completely like end a storyline if you wanted to with the game seven days so i would still recommend that game i'm not going to go back and play it again it was just like a fun little story for me to experience nice. emoji blitz is one that i'm uh, i feel a little ashamed to say i might keep it around for a while it's not annoying me um in this game it's it's a very timed one so you have not too long to finish your little uh game and it's just you know, you match up the different emojis and then they clear off of your board. And if you match, you know, five together, you get a star and the star does this. It's it's very much the same game you've seen many, many, many times. So it's not like reinventing the game wheel or anything like that. But you do unlock uh, different characters that you can play. So, for example, um, right now I'm playing as Mike Wachowski. And so whenever I do certain things, I can press the Mike Wachowski button and it, and it clears certain emojis in a Mike Wachowski way. Mike or a Wachowski. Finding... <laughs> yeah. Or a Nemo way. Or you even can unlock villains and the villains clean the board. I've got the Queen of Hearts and she kind of like... Uh, has these roses that clear anyway there's this unique things you can do with it but what i like about it more than all of that is once you get used to the gameplay it it plays well it doesn't mess you up there's no it, it's a good solid game and it's one that you can just grab and mindlessly sort of just run through if you want to just do something and cleanse your brain palette so I've actually enjoyed continuing to play it, so I'm going to keep it on my rotation. And maybe you'll like it, too. It's That's super cool. free. Another great thing. You have five hearts, and then you're done playing for a while, and then they load up again pretty quickly. So turn off your notifications, because you're going to be reminded <laughs> to play a lot on this one. Because <laughs> it's tip. Disney, and they want you to remember it, that they're there. They're good there. Tip. Hey, hey, emojis. Hey, you want to play again? So just turn <laughs> that shit off, and you might have a good time. I imagine, that, I imagine that the Disney part of this is very nostalgic. You know, like there's a like there's yeah. a crack cocaine kind of feel to it, probably with all those characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, the board that they load down for you, like the, what you're matching are the emoji pictures of all of the Disney characters. And then the next time you play it, it's a new set. It's a new board. So there's new characters that you're seeing. And I will say a couple of times they've been similar enough that it's kind of hard for your eye to adjust. Like if you play um, what's that game called Balloon Bash or even Candy Crush, for example, every time you play, it's the same kind of gems or the same candy and your eye gets used to what you're looking at mm. but that's not the case with the emoji blitz it's it's literally it every it changes and so there is a difficulty to it because your brain has to figure out how to make the patterns that solve the goals that you have for that round and it's very fast paced as well so it's kind of a jolt of adrenaline in a way and it doesn't last too long because you just need to put the game down after your lives are over and move on so um that's another element of it it is it is something i like i would never have my mom play this because it would super overwhelm her it's it's way too much visually coming at you yeah and you can't settle into it, uh, but sometimes that's kind of fun because you just need to like clear your mind and do something jolting and then get back into your life. So nice. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of Mike Wachowski, though, um, this past week there was another one of those Pixar things going around on Twitter. Where it was like name your top five favorite Pixar movies. It makes me sad that Monsters Inc. is not on very many people's lists. Well, I mean, when you're doing top five Pixar movies, you're basically picking five perfect movies out of you know twelve perfect Monsters movies Inc. that is they've done. Uh, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm saying. Is Pixar has I'm made gonna... like twelve perfect movies, so how am I, I supposed to pick five of them? 
and I don't think it's perfect, and I wouldn't put it in my top five, but I will go to bat for Monsters University. I think that is a insanely that is so funny. And it's, it's very underrated. It is a oh really my God. good movie. People I totally put it agree. like last. Yeah, it's weird. Like people I don't put it below it. like Cars too. I know it's weird. It's a good I don't movie. know. Even and I know even the guys don't like it, or at least Chris, I know Chris. I don't think Jeremy and Barrett like it very much either if they've seen it. But um, it's I don't really know. good. It's really good. Yeah, I don't get it. It's like they made a they made a college comedy that's actually got heart to it, and it's. Fun. And yeah. Whatever. I think people people. Suck. Yeah, I think I think people get tired of formulas, and Pixar does have a formula. And so, once you're tired of the Pixar thing, mm-hmm. it's very easy to call really good movies adequate or you know whatever. Um, so, mm-hmm. I think Monsters University is better than Finding Dory, but Finding Dory is another one that's underrated. Like, no, I like Finding Dory fine, but yeah, I agree. Monsters University is better. Uh, what do you got, Jonathan? Um, I w- I've been watching a lot of older movies, a lot of well, like like literally like I've been watching a lot of movies lately, but I didn't have one specific one I really want to talk about. So I just decided I was going to talk about Turner Classic Movies. Um, I've really like over the past couple months, I've really enjoyed uh, kind of just having things more uh, cu- curated for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just been kind of going with whatever's on. You know, I've I've, I've been DVRing a lot of it and then watching it. You know, maybe the next day or whatever, but. Um, but I've just been watching a lot of great stuff and I just, I love the way Turner classic movies does it where they have a movie, they have a host, uh, for most of their movies. And so like before the movie starts, you know, Ben Mankiewicz or, uh, Alicia Malone or, you know, one of their people will come on there and will talk about the movie. They might have a guest to talk to about it for a few minutes. Then they show the movie. And then after the movie, they'll talk about it some more. Um, they even have like programs like on Saturday nights, they have this show called the essentials. Uh, where they just show like what people consider to be the essential movies this season. It's uh, Ben Mankiewicz is on there, but it's Brad Bird is the person that's oh, nice. picking the movies. Yeah, uh, they have a sh- they have a show every Saturday night called Noir Alley, where they show a different film noir every Saturday every Saturday night. Um, and uh, and it's just I don't know. I've just been really enjoying it. If you're a lover of classic film, you probably already know about it. But the problem with it is that it's not really accessible outside of cable. Um, I think it's on Hulu and I think it's on YouTube. Like if you have those packages, but like they do have an app called Watch TCM, but you have to have you have to have a cable subscription. However, I know a lot of you out there probably use your parents. Uh, I'm not judging. And a lot of you out there probably use your parents' HBO uh, password, stuff like that. So you might have access to this and not even realize it. And you could get the app, download it, and you can watch the movies like a day later. But just uh, it. I just I don't I don't know how to get people to watch classic cinema that don't. Um, so I'm not and I and I don't really care. I mean, if you're watching any movies, that that's cool with me. Uh, it's just something that I love, and uh, I don't know. It's just been I've just kind of I've really enjoyed kind of turning myself over uh, to them these past few months, and just uh, you know looking to see it kind of gets exciting to see what's on every night, and uh, I don't know. Just been having a lot of fun with it. So Turner Classic Movies is my recommendation this week. No, that's nice. And there there's also a curious list in uh, hbo max which if you mm-hmm. mentioned that i apologize mm-hmm. I, I i didn't hear that mentioned but i did uh, not mention it, i forgot about that so uh so yeah there's a tcm um tab or icon in your hbo mm-hmm. max app and they've curated uh, a lot of those and, and for me and i know i'm i'm you know not the normal person i would rather they put everything on there but i do understand why they're curating because lots of choices can be overwhelming. I just feel like you could still yeah. put everything on there and then curate curate like the front page or something. Yeah, but- and I don't 
I don't know. I, I mean, I know they, they show a lot of Warner Brothers, but I don't know if they have specific contracts with studios and stuff. I don't know how exactly, because it, it seems like eventually they just kind of show everything. Like that, I'd never really, mm-hmm. there's really been no rhyme or reason. There's definitely there's definitely movies they show more often than others, but um, but yeah. Well, this leads, this leads nicely into uh, my um, Beyond the Sins. What you got? Uh, I I went on a classic movie binge of some that I should have seen but haven't, my list of shame. uh, And the focus apparently this week was Steve McQueen uh, because uh, (laughs) I knocked off uh, The Great Escape and Bullet off of my list. Awesome. Um, Oh, my God, Aaron. You said Steve McQueen. I was like, the car from Pixar or whatever? (laughs) No, that's Lightning. That's Lightning McQueen. Uh, Right. I remember that now. I didn't... didn't... (laughs) Yeah, I've been on a Lightning McQueen kick. Uh, I watched I all like, three Cars movies. <laughs> <laughs> You're the oh one playing God. Bejeweled for you know Disney characters. What do you, what do you got? Know. What do you got a problem with Lightning McQueen? Come on, uh, Steve McQueen is not Lightning McQueen, but he is in a couple of great movies that I saw. Uh, that would be Bullet and The Great Escape. I watched The Great Escape first, and whoa, is that movie amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a great, apparently true story. And even at the beginning, they have the text that says that they did compress some things and change some things, which most true stories do. But apparently this happened. And I wasn't ready to care so much about this group of prisoners trying to escape a, a Nazi war camp. And I think a lot of it has to do with the incredible cast uh, in that movie. Uh, you have Steve McQueen mentioned. You have Charles Bronson, James Garner, James Coburn. Um, it's also weird watching, not weird, but interesting watching old stuff where you're like at the end where it's like Richard Attenborough. And I'm like, what? <laughs> that was John Hammond from Jurassic Park? What yeah. are you talking about? It looks nothing like I thought Richard Attenborough He's looked. so good in it, And too. he's so great in this movie. Yeah, totally. Uh, and then Donald Pleasance, who I basically know from the um, Return to Witch Mountain. You know, growing up watching the the Disney movies and I was and, like, uh, Sam Loomis. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's just such a great cast and it's really well done. You care about every single character. Um, the other thing is is just watching it and being like, how how liberally Chicken Run uh you know uh patterned itself after this movie i mean it is the greatest escape but with chickens basically Mm -hmm. (laughs) so um it's just it's it was fun it was a really fun experience i highly recommend it i know it's hard to go back and watch a movie that was made in 1963 it just but you know we've we've got time right now so it shouldn't be hard yeah i know (laughs) uh and then the other one was bullet um you know which uh, again had some great names in it uh in addition to steve mcqueen you've got uh robert duvall in there uh robert vaughn uh jacqueline Bassett, and it's uh yeah it, this one i didn't quite i did like this but this is very much a prototype kind of action movie this was 1968 and this is a movie all about chasing down the bad guys and there are lots of chases in this movie including a very famous car chase that is probably the most famous car chase of all time uh in movies um i didn't realize that bullet was the main character's name until watching this movie it's funny how you know that i just i thought bullets were things you fired out of guns i thought it probably came from that and then i realized it's not spelled like that you idiot and uh and so i was like oh yeah that's the, that's the guy's name uh anyhow um i recommend both these movies they were both a yeah, lot of fun to watch. Bullet's weird because it's kind of the precursor to like the uh, uh, the car based type stuff, like even like Fast and the Furious and stuff like that. And then it's and also the cop genre, like the dirtier cop genre. But 
I think in the same time, a couple years later, Dirty Harry gets credited with the cop thing and French Connection gets credited with the car thing. Yeah. Whereas I think Bullet did all that before. I agree. Uh and a, but there the the stunt work uh, in Bullet is the car stuff is just insane. The story is fine. Um, it's a little thin. But, that's uh, that's yeah, and that's why you. that's yeah. why I came out liking The Great Escape better. I totally agree. Bullet is is a much thinner story. It really is a precursor to visual eye candy action movie making. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a precursor to like you said, Fast and Furious. In fact, uh, I don't know if I should admit this. Uh, as soon as I was done watching Bullet, I fired up the first Fast and Furious and watched it. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. And, and I That's was fine. no, I, and I was like, yeah. oh, this is. I had two realizations. Number one, how much even these modern movies owe to that that yeah. movie in the car chase. And number two, uh, Fast and Furious, the original movie, is actually a better movie than most of the Fast and Fury, Fury Furious movies. Like it's it's yeah, actually you're talking a, about quality. It's yes. actually a pretty good movie. Uh, and I had forgotten that, so I was glad, I was glad I fired it up again. Um, so yeah. Anyhow, uh, Bullet and The Great Escape are both recommends, but definitely The Great Escape if you're gonna go catch up on something and again most movie lovers have probably seen it it was on my list of shame i know it's a classic i just hadn't gotten around to it well an older older war movie sometimes can be a little not problematic but can be a little weird because intimidating you know that's just a different time though too and it was just a different attitude towards a lot of this stuff this mm-hmm. is pre-vietnam yeah I mean, Great Escape had to be made in 1963. Like, that movie had to be made in the 60s. If that movie was made in the 70s, it would have been way too fucking depressing. Yeah. Um, and if it had been made before the 60s, I don't think it would. I think that was just the perfect kind of uh, everything just kind of came together. It, it was the right time to make it. It's already um, pretty depressing. <laughs> no, it is. It is. But it still has, like, that 60s sheen to it. Oh, like, yeah. Like, it's not, well, it's there's not a- that gritty 1970s. Right. And I think what you're saying. bullet is more like. I think what you're saying is it's. It's very heroic. The characters are very, yes, you know, there's, there you go. The, a there's, a, there's a real heroic aspect to the characters instead of the anti-hero that would become more the thing after the 70s, you know, in with the grime yeah, and the, the 70s, grit. you get like Deer Hunter and Apocalypse Now. Yeah. And, um, yeah. A lot of the horror movies are even, uh, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is deep in Vietnam, uh, yeah. you know, symbolism and stuff. So, yeah, it's great, though. I love it. Absolutely love it. So what would be the odds that Danae will ever watch The Great Escape? Like, what percentage would we put the zero. the odds of Danae ever watching The Great Escape? In her? Zero? You don't think there's a slight even chance? Well, unless uh, Justin maybe got her to watch it or something. What are the odds, Danae? What are the odds? Of, um, of me watching any movie? <laughs> no, or just, just The Great Escape. One. The Great Escape. Okay, well, first of all, there used to be this game commercial for the grape escape. Yes. And I, I wanted that <laughs> game so bad. And I remember my parents got it for my brother and I, and it was in the season where you thought that, I mean, the commercials were magical because it was this, like these animated grapes and you'd squish them and you'd cut them and you'd roll them over yeah. with clay and then they would magically chop in half or squish or whatever. But mm-hmm. then when you get the game, you know, it's, it's very difficult down. to cut clay in half with plastic scissors that fall apart. So one of the most disappointing games of my life, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> I think you answered it. I think that's the answer. <laughs> that's going to do it for Behind the Scenes this week. Don't forget to make sure you are subscribed and go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well. You can hang out with us on Twitter. I am at Aaron Dicer. She is at Denise Says. D-E-N-E-E-S-A-Y-S. And he is at Sam Lewis 13. So for Jonathan Watkins, Danae Hughes, and myself, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to BehindTheSinsPod at gmail.com 
and be sure to subscribe or message us at Twitter. And be sure to visit CinemaSins.com. But does it sound like me or does it sound like robot? I don't know why I do that accent. Nobody talk to me. I'm doing a show for the next forever hours. Jonathan can't hear me. How about now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Mm -mm. How about now? How about how about now? How about now? How about now? No. Oh shit! Aaron, I made it. I can't hear Aaron either. Maybe can it's you me. Hear me. Can you yeah, hear me, Aaron? Yeah, I can hear everybody. Okay, so it's you, Jonathan. Yeah. Can you guys hear each other? Yes. Yeah, I can't hear either one of you. So what could that mean? That could mean that All whatever. Right, let me leave and come back. No, what, no, 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 no. Well, wait, wait. wait, wait. Okay, bye. <laughs> We've been trying to figure this out for ten minutes. Where, where have you been? You're late. I'm seven minutes late, and I was six minutes late when I joined. And I'm sorry. And that's not, I'm not saying I'm not late. I just ten minutes is a little extreme. And that's what it's like working for Aaron Dicer <laughs> or with Aaron Dicer. I'm like over here furiously typing. <laughs> furiously it's interesting that word doesn't always mean angry huh mm-hmm. sure is words are fun aren't they Aaron? yep well they're your favorite lots of times when people think of like the the movies fast and the furious they're like oh yeah cause speedy and angry and it's like well no because furious actually has an element of speed to it like that's you know that's sometimes forgotten because it's used so often contextually with anger but when you're furiously doing something you're doing it fast that's right like furiously looking for your other suck before school or furiously masturbating or whatever it might be cool <laughs> Way to take it there. That's just where I've heard that word a lot. Uh, sure, you've heard it. Sure. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jonathan appears to be restarting his entire life. Yeah, not just his computer. Nope. I'm sure he's furiously working on it. Okay, so I restarted my computer and everything, and then realized my headphones weren't plugged all the way in. Yeah, that's what I was trying. I, I was, <laughs> we were, we were going <laughs> to. We were going to troubleshoot a couple things, but. A few nights ago, I post on Twitter this picture of like a freaking footprint that just appears out of nowhere on our screen door. It's the creepiest thing. It's like a three-toed footprint. I think it's from the dog just licking, you know, like it's little tongue uh-huh. licks yeah, or the that toes. Makes sense. Oh, like on the inside of the house. Yeah, yeah. So it's not but, like a bird. But it's so much more fun to think it's a ghost. But it's, no, it's not fun. <laughs> When I was a kid, my grandparents lived like maybe 15 minutes from us. I would spend the night there occasionally. And um, they had a Doberman Pinscher. Her name was Sadie. And um, she died like a week before I spent the night at my grandmother's house this year. And I don't know, I was like eight or nine or something. And uh, I swear to God, I saw her. Like I woke up and she was uh, standing by the bed I was sleeping in panting on me. What? But I mean, it was a dream or something. But I mean, you know, but it was, that's the only experience I've ever had that like felt real. So, man, you know, there's there is scientific evidence that the human mind is so much more powerful than we know. Right. Like there's scientific evidence that we can actually make ourselves ill. I agree. I would almost be more likely to believe in like telekinesis than I would in the existence of ghosts, just because I think there's parts of our mind that haven't been explored. I really don't believe in telekinesis, but I'm just saying like, <laughs> no, that's, that's that, the would, line. that would surprise me less if it was discovered than a ghost. Yeah. I want, I, I want to, I want to say I've never tried to move something with my mind, but I think 
I want to believe we've all tried at some point. Oh, in our I life. have. I for sure have tried to to do telekinesis when I was younger. Yeah, and please. I yeah. I don't think psychics but, are real. I think it's all but crap. I, but but I'm just. I would be like I said. It wouldn't surprise me like I, as much. I think I've done it more than others. I think I do it still just about at least twice a week. <laughs> I don't sleep well in light. That's for sure. We've been. Practicing- Although I've never thought about getting a sleep mask. I mean, like that's just never occurred to me. I, I, I even right now I'm talking about it, and then I'll forget about it by the time we get done. So I'm I was gonna just gonna on. ask you if you've ever tried one of those. But I think nope. those are difficult because you obviously have to as you move around in the bed. I would think that it would be a that, dif- it's a has, different. Have sensation neither one of you worn one? Uh-uh. No. Well, and you got to understand that is the one time of the day that I don't have anything on my face. That's true. Like, like I don't have to wear glasses, and mm-hmm. so we we had uh, some pretty comfortable ones that you really couldn't, you know. I mean, I mean, they, obviously you can tell something's on your face, and for me, anything on my face is going to be annoying. So I just didn't like it. I tried it a couple nights, and I just didn't enjoy it. And you're right, it does. It shifts around. I suppose if you got a, a really good one, I would wake up terrified. I was blind because. <laughs> <laughs> it would just be like because you still just be waking up you know and you'd be like oh, what? why Why can't i see <laughs> my ear thank you for asking i have an ear infection i went to the doctor yesterday okay so i don't like going to the doctor i don't like taking medication especially when my body can just do what it's supposed to do and take care of itself or whatever so i was like i'll go to the doctor just to confirm whether i have this or not and then i'll decide whether i'm going to take the meds that they suggest to me and on the way to the doctor, I'm talking to my friend Jen and she's telling me, oh man, I'm so glad you're going because I didn't go to the doctor and I had an ear infection and I sneezed and my eardrum burst. Oh, so I was like, okay, so I'm taking the meds. <laughs> One of the weird things about uh, me going down a couple of years ago was now when people find that out, they're like, oh, how many medications do you have to take? And like, mm-hmm. I didn't have to take medication at all. Like at any that's point, good. there was like, that's the weirdest thing about my health issues is they are so it, like, there's no medication that would help me. My heart's fine. My lungs are fine. It's just, they decide my heart decides to shut down every once in a while. So it's, it's one of those yeah. weird things where I'll go to my cardio appointment. They'll like list your medications here. <laughs> I'm like done. <laughs> there's, there's, I, I took some Advil for a headache a couple weeks ago. That's about it. I feel like we should definitely have a segment about spreadsheets. <laughs> i'm okay with that we well, definitely what made you think we don't like spreadsheets i don't well aaron that. aaron in the show he was like we don't have time for administrative chat we can't talk about listen, spreadsheets listen we love spreadsheets but our audience is going to be bored by it no 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 listen, listen. it's like family it's like no. family no, 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 no. photos it's like oh i love these and everybody else is like uh-huh i've seen the third picture we're of- gonna talk about spreadsheets because four people on Twitter, I know it's, it's a lot of people, guys. <laughs> it's quite people. the sample size. Let me do a spreadsheet <laughs> of all the people that have told us they want to hear about we spreadsheets. Yeah, um, I'm just going to say, like, I'm going to have my own administrative segment where we can talk about all things to do with what it what it takes to run a company. We can talk about Trello. We can talk about Asana mm-hmm. and Google Suite. Yeah. We can talk about shared calendars oh. and Google spreadsheets. Stop, stop. It's Excel. too much. I'm getting too excited. I got <laughs> it. <laughs> all right, let's oh, do it. Let's talk about spreadsheets. I'm going to talk about my movie spreadsheet uh, for okay. the next 10 minutes. And, um, <laughs> no, 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 no. We need to give ourselves a little bit of a. a we have. We have to oh, choose you do one, like? Do you do one movie spreadsheet and stuff like that? I have a uh, a spreadsheet of all the movies uh, I own, which ones I have uh, transferred to digital for our Plex server, 
and as well as movies that are on my wish list. So I have a list of every movie that I would mm-hmm. like to own at some point. Uh, these are the col- uh, the columns. The title of the movie, uh, the year of release, the month of release, in case I want to organize them by release date. Uh, the, uh, wow, what, I don't go what, that far. What I have them on disc. So is it a 4K disc, a 4K set, a Blu-ray disc, all that kind of stuff. If I have it on digital, what the digital file is, is it a 4K file, a 1080p file? Um, so I, I keep that updated. Uh, and so I have all that so that I can sort it and kind of determine. So like there's uh, currently, um, there are 1,836 entries uh, on this list. So then I can sort by disc and I can find out that I have um, 174 on 4K in one format or another. Wow. Um, and then a total of... Uh, once you include the Blu-rays, a total of 582. Um, awesome. So, and That's then a I, lot, man. And then I can also tell uh, which I have multiple copies of. So there's like, I can tell mm-hmm. that I have three copies of Avatar for some reason. You know, so there you go. You're but, right. That was boring. Let's see, I told you. I do want to have a co- I do want to say a few things about spreadsheets. First of all, I thought it was really cool to get tweets about spreadsheets because um, you know, fellow nerds are yeah. my faves. So at uh, at Gator Gaming, Isaac Horvat said, full disclosure, I started a spreadsheet trying to keep track of all movies ever mentioned in every syncast ever, as well as trivia tidbits and opening greeting of every member. Why? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I forgot to tell you the coolest thing about my spreadsheet that I set up. Oh, Jesus. I forgot to tell you. Lord in heaven. You started this No, no, no. This is beautiful. No, I got to tell you this because this helped me out quite a bit because sometimes I don't want to look through the entire thing or even do a control find to see if I already have a movie. It's just that extra step. So I have a a value function on the first column Mm -hmm. that when there's a repeated uh, item, it, it shades it in green. So as soon as I type it in, it automatically shades it in green, and I know, oh, there's another one in there somewhere. Yeah, well, so that's but cool. But if it's already in the list, is it Excel? Huh? No, this is Google it's- Sheets. Uh, see on Excel, if you start, if you've already got it typed in, once you start typing it, 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 uh, it oh, shows sure. you that no, you no, no. typed it, it in. It, yeah. it does that too, but the thing is when you have so many things of similar names, it stops True. doing right. that. My favorite spreadsheet, just so you know, is right now, is the one that I use to track the flow. And this is why I think it'd be maybe interesting for CinemaSins, behind the scenes people. I use a spreadsheet to track the flow of every script and video that we're working on. So that at any moment in time, if anyone asks, what's going on with this script or where are we with this project... I can quickly glance over and see if we're on target based on its due dates or its posting date, et cetera. And I really like being able to do that. And that one I have, I, I'm in that spreadsheet probably four or five, six times a day up, updating stuff. Um, and there are other systems that do that, like Asana website. They do the same kind of a thing, only it's more visually pleasing to track your projects. But uh, I can just do it faster on a spreadsheet. So I just make it look pretty. And that's one of my favorite spreadsheets that I use. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, you should see Aaron's spreadsheet for his yep. budget. Yep. Yeah. Well, I can't even imagine with four kids, you have to. What are, what are you supposed to do? Um, he shared he shared it with Justin but, and I yeah. so that we could have help because we're like, we don't have a budget. He's like, well, let me show you share our, our spreadsheet. It's not, and well, it's not even, like, it's oh not even so much a budget. Like, we're not that tight. But, like, it still just shows you, like, the percent. Like, I just set it up to where it shows you the percentage. It's going towards food or, what, you know, whatever. And, uh, you know, we it's realize. Like at one awesome. point, we realized how we were eating out way too much. That's the first thing every budget will teach you. Yeah, but you. all you've been doing is eating out. Yeah. <laughs> 
So how are you budgeting? No, we don't. We don't eat out all the you time. You said we, you've been eating out every day. You said well, you that was a in. no, 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 no. That was like the first week, the first or oh, second week of you isolation. Like you've been doing that for three months, and it, and it was when it was when Little Caesars had free delivery. Their deal, and yeah. they had their deal, and so it was like. And I have a kid that works at Little Caesars too, yeah. so it was like eight bucks to feed my whole family, and I was like, well, that makes more sense than grocery oh, shopping yeah. at this point. I mean, unfortunately, it's Little Caesars, but yeah, pizza I, I forever. I love Little Caesars. How dare you? Oh God. I like. I will say this. I like their wings. <laughs> well, it's it's great for a pizza place. It's something. I also wanted to give a shout out to Alexis at French Ops and Mason at Fade Light Night. I don't know exactly what the handle is on Twitter, but they're both talking about trying to quit soda after our chat. Oh, last nice, week. fun, fun. Well, good so, for them, and uh, tell them to leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I know, I know. We can do an experiment. You and I are going to start playing World of Warcraft together. <laughs> Danae's always on the prowl. All right, fine. So we'll just play Dungeons and Dragons together. Nope. I will DM. I'll, I'll I'll be the DM, and and then we can super get addicted to these awesome nope. games. But I'll watch movies with you. No, you that's that? all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my sit. Hey, hey, before we move on, can you guys, you guys can't hear my daughter, can you? Like no. She's in the kitchen right now, and there's microwave, and she's singing or something. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> nope. Hopefully, she's not doing anything she shouldn't be doing. But she's in the kitchen, and she's singing. Singing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Danae, go first. Jonathan. Thank you, my seals. Hook it, hook it. Here we are at the very end of the show. Aaron's gone. Jonathan's gone. I'm closing down my notes, getting ready to leave my little closet studio. And I remember that I had a poem that I wrote for a sin that I cut from my script that I was going to talk about during the show. So now I'll just I'll just tell you about it, oh listener. So there's a lot of plots going on in Rick and Morty. And I, I wrote a poem about how you can discover the C plot. And this is what I wrote. If the characters become investigatory, which moves the plot and saves a lot, then you have the convenient C story. I don't know if that's a bunch of bullshit, but that's what I wrote. Okay, bye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 